0: Ready oh, to go.
1: It's right All right, welcome everyone to this completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, June fifteenth, two thousand twenty one, the last week of spring, alongside Ian Ferguson in his is, beautiful huh? yellow orange Luna shirt, two locations. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we have the E three event. Woo! Who won E three? We'll also be talking about what the fuck. Well, exactly, Ian. We'll also be uh, talking about, in particular, two of the presentations that uh, tickled our fancy, as well as uh, a a physical company doing something weird, a physical game company, and then Patreon poll topic, maybe some voicemails there. Ian, how was your weekend?
0: My weekend was uh, fantastic. Okay. Uh, A couple of good things happened. One, I had some friends in town. Uh hung out with them Sunday and Monday. You, uh, It was Eric from Retail Archaeology and his uh, producer, producer, director. I can't remember exactly what, what, what title he gives. Uh, he gives um, Mark. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, went to Seaport Village yesterday afternoon and really enjoyed it. I, I haven't been to Seaport Village in ages. Did and you do it, any shopping or just looked at the water? Bought some hot sauce. Okay, the hot sauce. They have a hot sauce place. Yeah, there's a hot sauce place there that I like. Whoops. Buying- what there, are you doing? Sorry, the audio. Um, so you shouldn't be watching something while I'm talking, Patrick. I'm prepping something. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a prepper. Um, so, anyways, yeah, got a bunch of good hot sauces. Uh, went to the candy store, got some candy. Took uh, it to the candy shop. I love going to the candy <laughs> stores. <laughs> and oddly, it's uh, not nearly is. Uh, were you seeing Magic Stick? What? That was Magic Stick. That was fitty yeah magic stick is the name of the song um awful fucking song uh Yeah, so it was good. It was wonderful. What did you do this weekend? I had other stuff I was going to say, and now I can't remember. It. Did you try a certain controller? I did. That was sent to uh, us? Yes. Our, our
1: fine friends at NX sent us uh, some Retro Retro RetroBit controllers.
0: Yes, our friends at RetroBit sent us RetroBit controllers. Um, that's the one that I uh, messed with this yeah. weekend. I uh, used 16. it as a Switch controller and really enjoyed it's a, it. It's a
1: Super Nintendo controller that's either wired or wireless. yep Includes ports for both. Super nice um, D-pad. Um, yeah, not really creaky. Nice. Very these, nice. These are for pre-order. They come out in June and July. And then I'm definitely gonna try. They have the Tribute 64 Wireless uh, N64 controller, which is a throwback uh, to the old uh, the, the hoary controllers, which are hard hard to get a hold of. They and they had the wired one out before, I believe, but this is the the wireless one. So yeah, uh, check them out if you get a chance there. Um, also, real quick, because uh, I because I delayed it uh, from this week, and there's also a promo. So video game years. First off, volume fa- uh, four. Excuse me, volume four is out out right now at ultimatenintendo.com. We'll get to the other plugs later. Uh, look at that. You want one, Ian? You deserve one, Ian. Sure. We're on the back cover with F- Fabio from Iron Sword, right yeah, there. Yeah, there he is. So um, this is your copy, Ian. Okay. Volume four. You, uh, I'll just charge you later. There you go, Ian. Take it. Take take it. Take it. But uh, next Monday, I put it off a week because I didn't want to. I want. I didn't want to overshadow E3 news. So the premiere of '77, the remastered version, will be on my channel around, I'll say around five or six Pacific time, about around eight Eastern time next Monday on the 21st, and from that point forward it'll be one a week for it'll be the summer of the video game years basically. We'll, we'll re premiere them. I'll be in the chat for most of them. Ian might show up and say hi. We'll see, and that it'll be some fun happening there. So what did I do this weekend,
0: Ian, you asked? What did you do this weekend? Um, I'm asking.
1: I, I watched Streets of Fire on Netflix. Ah. So I saw... So Streets of Fire was a 1983 action musical sort of weird movie. Or it it, it builds itself as a rock and roll fable. And I remember seeing a commercial for this about three or four weeks back uh, during one of my Wednesday 80s commercial streams, uh, twitch.tv slash Code, And I saw this commercial for this movie uh, called... Uh, Streets of Fire, and it looked bizarre. Uh, Excuse me, 1984, 1984 it came out. Directed by uh, Walter Hill, most famous for uh, The Warriors and 48 Hours, two outstanding movies, and this came off almost directly off the heels of um, the huge success of 48 Hours with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy here. Um, So this was uh, produced by Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver. the Joel Silver, you hear about famous producer. And starred starred um, uh, Michael Parry, who was also in Eddie and the Cruisers and not a huge amount else. I think it was in the Philadelphia Experiment. Don't even know what Eddie and the Cruisers is. Those were like early 80s movies. Oh, okay. Um, but it had a really strange cast. Uh, Amy Madigan, Rick Moranis, uh, Willem Dafoe is the villain. Um, Bill Paxton has a small memorable role because he's awesome in everything. Yes. Um, and then you have a, I mean... Eighteen-year-old, almost unrecognizable because she's so young, Diane Lane, uh, in it. Mm. So it's like this movie is insane. Um, it's like it's, a, it's like a, the fifties, like you got fifties cars and looks, and it's like a grimy city set that they built to look like. I think they built it to look like Chicago because it's like an L line, but they filmed it in. LA which is one of the reasons why this movie went over budget according to stories like no uh, Walter Hill didn't want to shoot in Chicago where you can get that look you want to shoot in LA for some reason so they built these sets that are like full streets Um, you know you're building everything here Um, then there's a dance sequence by the stand-in for Jennifer Beals in Flashdance the the girl that actually did the dancing so it's like wow okay okay. and somehow it's PG but there's a little bit of nipple I don't know PG back then you can still get away with that stuff Either way, it's a bizarre PG movie. PG led you right up to hard R
0: in the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a so while. So there's there.
1: some eye candy in this. There's some action. Uh, Walter Hill did this. Uh, I read it. Uh, he did, he wanted to do a comic book style movie, but hated comic books themselves. Like the so he wrote something like campy. And the action is over the top, and the characters' very stilted dialogue, and that's the problem with this movie. It's it's you ch- it's on Netflix, so check it out. It's bizarre because like the direction is really good, set design, the actors are in it are like all really good actors, but the script is terrible. Oh, the script sure. is bad, and they realized it while filming. Though, they knew it. They're like, oh, they're like into filming. They, 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 I look at the stories. It's like, yeah, when they were filming, like, ah, oh, we'll worry about the script as we. I'm like, no, you don't ever put the script aside. As they were filming, they're like, yeah, this looks, this is gonna be bad. They knew it. They couldn't stop it. <laughs> and, and they realized also, unfortunately, they they were not in love with the leading man, Michael uh, Pare. Uh, supposedly, they tried to get Tom Cruise and a couple other people that were unavailable, and he w- he did a good job, but like he didn't have like the full charisma you needed for this role. And they wanted to make this you like you needed a full flavor charisma to pull this bad script up from the, from, the, from the from the the fucking gutter. And um, they they planned it to be a trilogy originally. They were doing like like, like Indiana Jones type. They were going to do like multiple movies with this guy, and if this didn't work out. Unfortunately, it wasn't the right fit. But he wasn't he wasn't bad at it. But like you needed someone like a full movie star power to to make this memorable so why do i bring this all up i had no idea it's one of those today i learned that this was the inspiration for one of ian's favorite games one of my favorite games final fight i had no clue
0: i always knew that i had Uh, but i've never seen the movie i I know i know more about it being the inspiration than i do the actual movie um it has the gritty gritty scenes of like the the towns there's a subway
1: scene on the subway Mm -hmm. more importantly the main character is directly looks just like Cody and his name is Tom Cody in the movie. Ah, so it's like, yes. yes, that's okay. And he's an expert with a knife. Like so it's like, yeah, they just took it. They just took it. They just took it wholesale. And <laughs> Diane Lane's character, she's a singer gets kidnapped by the evil gang called the Bombers and she's wearing a red dress. So ah. it's like they just they weren't even pretending. Nice. So it's like it's so weird that I, I guess like in Japanese culture, they latch on to these things that were failures here that like, oh, this is cool. We love this. And we're going to make like a game kind of off of this. Um, and from there, there's not a huge amount of similarities after that. But the character even has the same, like he even has the same part in the hair. He looks just like him. Look up Michael Parry. And then he looks just like Cody. I mean, he looks just like him. Um, and there's also a, uh, the, there's a cop character. He's not corrupt though, but his name is Eddie. So they even took that for for that boss. Or it's where it's edited yeah. or whatever. So yeah. they even took that. Um so yeah, there was a lot there that was similar. He doesn't pal around with, with a ninja uh, named guy though. There's no there's no guy that looks like Mike Hagger, but like it's Cody. It's him. So like it's interesting that yeah, I wonder if Streets of Rage took some some inspiration as well. But that by then you already had the beat em up genre being fully established. But maybe
0: right, you know. Maybe. Also, it wasn't called that. It wasn't Streets of Rage in Japan. It oh, was a okay. uh, bare knuckle.
1: Okay, so I was saying Streets of Fire Street Rage. But yeah, it, it's fa- it's a it's a fat the whole the whole movie is fascinating. That I, I looking into the backstory of it, and plus the music's actually pretty good. There's a banger in, in the intro. Um, basically, there's like music videos throughout that are a part of the movie so it's not really a musical it's like there's a stage show in the beginning and the end there's a stage show in the middle that they, they work in and there's so like that's how they work in the soundtrack but so that's why it's like a called the rock and roll fable so yeah check it out it's on netflix while, while you still can uh watch it there the budget was 14 and a half million they went way over budget and only grossed eight million so wow. a huge failure huge failure <clears throat> and that's 1984 money so you have to like you know double it at least yeah so yeah Check it out. And it even has a couple of uh, uh, Deborah Van uh, Valkenbergs in it, who also worked with Walter Hill on The Warriors. She was the uh, the girl from the, that piled around with them. So that's why I like Walter Hill. He always has his minor character actors like show up. He, he you know, he rehires them, and, and, and like did the same thing in Forty Eight Hours. There was like I think I told when I about Forty Eight Hours. There was like four Warriors actors in Forty Eight Hours that show up even for small parts. A couple of them. It's like there you go. Yeah, you, you, you treat him well, Walter Hill. What is he doing nowadays, Walter Hill? Now I'm like super curious. I'm like fascinated by this guy now. That having the balls to do this um do this movie. So yeah, check it out. It's the inspiration for Final Fight, but there's there's not um it's not a beat beat 'em up movie though, but there is, you know, there's fight scenes in it, a couple of fight scenes. So that's what I did. Well the ding means we got to talk about Simpsons Arcade one up being announced is that what it means that's what it means
0: (laughs) it means uh yeah so that's a big one uh that i think a lot of people were looking forward to uh, especially because um it was obvious that um, arcade one up had the konami license i mean they've been working with those properties previously they did the (laughs) Turnage, turnage the teenage mutant ninja turtle how Uh, does that fit on the marquee and that's a long name what? They did the Teenage Mutant yeah, Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Uh, cabinet, so I think a lot of people were secretly hoping that we would get the Simpsons Arcade one. Um, as people have corrected us over in the past, it was briefly available I think on the 360 and maybe the PS3. So whenever I say download. it didn't
1: come out, I mean at the time. No, I know that too. Because uh, I guess I could bring up the shitty uh, you know, they try to do the, I think there's, a, there's the, the rare DOS version. That's not what I mean. When I say that this stuff didn't come out, at the time you could not get the game. That's what I mean. Yeah,
0: this seemed like it would have been an ideal uh, you know, port for the Super Nintendo. The Genesis could have handled it um but yeah people brought up the fact that acclaim had the simpsons like it was probably a weird licensing thing is which is why it never got made anyways here it comes there it is
1: there it is and it's great baby blue the best arcade games are baby blue cabinets this and popeye um and simpsons might be in my if you twist my arm might be in my uh, make my top 10 arcade games definitely top 20 if you had to twist my arm so 30th anniversary is this year my god man Mm. um we're not getting younger um, no word on. I guess it's, it's not like there was a bunch of Simpsons arcade games you can pack in on this thing. So like, I don't, I don't know what else you can potentially get on this or what else they could potentially inclu- include. But I think just by having this alone, people want this. Just by having this alone, this is such. Yeah, a Yeah, no, I great think I think game. this
0: is a standalone. I mean, they've done some standalones before. I don't think we're gonna get a whole lot more on this because Konami did this one, and like I said, a lot of the um, console games were. Uh, LJN, Acclaim, they were all different companies, so they can't necessarily... They could, but I don't see it being as easy as it was for the Marvel the, the Marvel Capcom machines sure. to just plus, go and grab the the Super Nintendo ROMs and throw them on there as a bonus.
1: Plus, almost all those console games are not all terrible, but most no, of they're them are all not- They're all bad. There's some that you can play, but like they're not to the same caliber as this. are This are I love
0: game. Virtual Bart, but it's fucking miserable. They're all so bad.
1: The Dream One isn't that good. It's it's very problematic. Obviously, the, the NES games are all mediocre to bad. So I, yeah. I tried to really. I think I review was at Bart versus the World Radioactive Man. One was like, okay, this is decent, but it's still not a good game. So like this is the this is like you couldn't top this game. You can't. There it hasn't been topped. You know. Um, and it it was pretty early on. I think this is like second season. So like they had some of the characters not all the ones you know to love but they still crammed every character they had into this game even as a minor like they did as much as they can with the IP. It was brilliant. Brilliant game. Brilliant game. So that was uh, I guess right before E3 kicked off that still kind of counts as an E3 thing because Arcade at 1-Up was traditionally at E3 showing off stuff. Uh, Then our pals at limited run hit it once for posterity. (laughs) Uh, had their uh, little quirky presentation they've done for the past, what, few years now? They've done like a little quirky yep. green screen thing. And uh, pretty impressive list of stuff. We're not going to go through every single one. If you want to go off a couple of highlights, but there's two in particular we're going to we're gonna zone in on. But uh, you got Double Dragon stuff. You got River City Girls, a few different things. Here. The River
0: City Girls stuff is really exciting to me. We are so much living in the era. Uh, beat-em-ups have really seen a revitalization. So River City Girls was great. It's getting a uh, sequel. Um, I didn't see a whole lot about it, but it looks like there's two, possibly two new main characters. Um, and then the, um, and I didn't know this. I can't pretend to even know this, but apparently the game that River City Girls was inspired by was a, uh, one of the Kunio Kun games that was released in 1994. Um, they're doing a full English translation of that and calling it uh, River City Girls um, Zero. And it was a beat-em-up, kind of like River City Girls was now. Uh, it kind of flipped the script on the... Um, it wasn't Ricky and Cuneo rescuing girls. It was them rescuing So they, had a, they did it back then, even. Yes. That's interesting.
1: Um, and then a couple others. The Takeover, my pal Matt McMuscles, uh, his beat-em-up uh, game is getting uh, a physical release on Switch and PS4. That's pretty James cool. James
0: Epic Game Music did a lot of... Uh, oh, he did? Did That's a right. lot of music okay. for that, too.
1: Got the Canadian connection. And then uh, our pal Mike at WrestleMania Wrestling, Wrestling... Uh,
0: that's coming out for on um, PS4 and Switch in physical form, so I will a, definitely grab. A we have copy a cameo of... in that, yeah. I'll grab a copy of that. I was really hoping for a physical release of it, which is why I haven't picked up the digital yet. So I will definitely. So that's get a good that. one to get. Yep. And then
1: uh, now the two ones that were mind blowing for different ways. Uh, one, uh, I actually knew about both of these. I, I had I was under friend EA. Uh, the one I knew about for a couple years that I couldn't wait for this to happen in in the works. Uh, castlevania rondo of blood a because the first one i've told, told Ian, even Ian was like what's the big deal a turbo duo release let me repeat that a turbo duo release meaning this is a physical game for the old turbo duo slash turbo 16 cd system if you had the you know the, the upgrade card because it's a it's a
0: important else. to point out that it will work on the pc engine too There's no region locking on They didn't have
1: region locking because you couldn't get a burner back then for under like fucking like thousands of dollars. So this is really cool. This is going to be the English translated version. So it's really the first time we're going to be able to see this on, you know, back in the day, we didn't have an English translation to play uh, back then. So this is really cool, obviously for a couple of reasons. It's cool to have a game like this uh, in a translated form on an old console. But Konami now, this is like, lubricating this is the wrong term lubricating
0: the uh,
1: konami a little bit to open up with some of their turbo graphics maybe ips potentially No, hey there's a might be a Don't market use for use
0: the word lubricating I know, I know. with your hand motions. okay 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 um yeah this is great because konami has the ip rights to all all of the hudson stuff um so a lot of the very expensive games and not even just the expensive ones but a lot of the greatest games on the uh PC Engine Turbo Graphics were obviously the Hudson properties. It was like their first party kind of like it was, yeah. like, the, it was like the equivalent of the Nintendo released games on a Nintendo system sure. um, so not only does that open up the possibility of re-releases of games like Bonk 1, 2, and 3 um, all of which well, except for Bonk 3 are fairly easy to get. You could also potentially see stuff like um, Sapphire Sapphire was Hudson. Sapphire goes for $1,000 right now uh and there are tons of uh bootlegs out there like one within reach what happened to it it would be nice to get you know to be able to get an official re-release of it yeah, there's a bootleg right here in my hand um the other thing that i love about this and uh i have the real one by the way so don't yell at me um that i wanted to point out is this takes that fucking shitty uh crappy um, scam fucking PCE Works company and spikes them into the fucking dirt where they belong. Oh, I hope so. We never really talked about them before how much they annoyed us. I fucking can't stand them. Bullshit, just bullshit artists. Be- because because they oh we we put like ten dollars of fancy craft paper and shit in this, so we're gonna charge you eighty dollars for games we have no rights to.
1: Yeah. eat shit. They try to c- come off like they like they are not not saying they they do it on purpose, but they try to. Skirt the lobby. Oh, this is kind of official because No, of it's, it's not. It's not I, don't, I
0: don't think they try to do that at I, all. Well, I I think they just tried to hide the fact that it's bootleg by covering it. it in fancy arts and crafts yeah, they they hide it. They hide well, we'll it. give you a fucking foil printed box. Sure. It's dog shit. Um so I'm really happy to see this and, and they say for the
1: love of it on their site, fuck off.
0: Yeah. Um they uh, d- obviously they don't have access to all these rights and I'm just positing and guessing here, but if they're doing one Konami uh re-release there's always the potential that they could do more, and Konami's got the IPs for a lot of the most popular PC Engine and TurboGrafx but stuff.
1: But getting official re-released, potentially TurboGrafx slash PC Engine games is very exciting for someone like me. And that's because I love the console. Because you're resurrecting interest more. We saw it with the, with the with the mini, uh, the TurboGrafx uh, mini uh, was that? already like a year ago, a year and a half ago, like we're, a little over a year ago. We're re- trying to resurrect interest in this console more and more, and this is the first step. So, it's a good on uh, limited run for getting Konami to do this. Now you go out and buy it to make sure that... It's like, okay, there's a market... I think this will sell, though. I don't... I, and obviously, most people that are going to buy this aren't going to play it or potentially won't. They're just going to collect it. They're either Castlevania fans or game collectors. That's fine.
0: And I'm days. both. I already have the Japanese version. I've had it for a while, but I'll get this version. You get the translator version. I will, I will support the shit out of this. I will open it. I will play it. It's not going to just take up space on my, my shelf. There you go. So that that's great
1: news there. And then we have... <clears throat> A re-release of a 3DO title, an esoteric title that our pal James uh, brought to light in popularity in in an ABGN video, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, is getting released, uh, I guess, digitally as well. Um, It's going to come out on PS4, PS5, Switch, and a PC re-release. So it's funny that's going to show up on Switch. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's just a weird one. But hey, whatever. People like it, they'll buy it. It's like, yeah, go for it. It's uh
0: it's <laughs> funny it's that to find. they it's funny that they did it. I, uh, I have no excitement <laughs> over this. So. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of meat.
1: it's a bunch it's of sweet. still images and there's some nudity in it. It's really just camping dumb. Um it, it was it was
0: in that era of uh, you're right before full motion you know video of, of games and stuff and it was, it's like yeah someone told me uh, that basically like this is to uh, this is like more this isn't even like an FMV game this is more yeah. of an interactive PowerPoint presentation.
1: Yes. yes, they just shot stills and be like, okay, here's the story. It's awful. Oh, I'm sure it's it awful.
0: Is. And it's like you don't even buy for the
1: titillation because I understand it's not like it's filled with nudity. It's like a like choose your own adventure just like weird fucking story that they. Like, probably thought of and did like in a weekend. That's how bad it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. Yeah, we can do it and come out on the fucking 3DO for it. So, uh, yeah. Um. Oh, I, I'm looking, I want on eBay a free control pad with the purchase of this game. You mail away and get a control pad to wear. Plumbers don't wear ties on there. So, there you go. Really bizarre. There's memes about it now. Um, so, yeah, it's not something that um, you should miss in your lifetime. Just like UltimateNintendo.com. You don't want to miss that. Um, you can you can get uh, the Not For Resale Blu-ray, the brand new um, Volume 4 Video Game Years that I gave uh, Ian. Throw it up, Ian. There you go. It's not on screen. There you go. Volume 4 DVD on my site. You got T-shirts. You got RBI baseball stickers. You got certain Super Nintendo and NES guidebooks. Don't mock that DVD that's not a sponsorship. That's a review copy. You gotta you gotta do a YouTube video now. I was in
0: it. I'm not doing <laughs> shit for
1: it. <laughs> and of course I'm on Twitch every Wednesday night, twitch.tv slash country code. And, and cameo.com slash country. I got I gotta do a birthday thing later today or tomorrow for someone. So that's what's happening, Ian. But E three is fully upon us. We're so gonna we're gonna talk about Upon us, it's over. Well, it's it's still going on, I think, day three. Did Nintendo just close it out?
0: Yeah, they're, they're, they've got, like, I don't know, two hours of fucking
1: bullshit. So, okay, we're going to run through E3 minus Nintendo. That'll be a separate topic, and, and as well as one other standout with their 10-minute presentation. Um, so they started with uh, Ubisoft. Uh, when did to start? Friday or Saturday? I watched some of, of this. I missed the Rainbow Six Extraction stuff, but that's the next Rainbow Six game. Uh, I always liked the Rainbow Six series, even though I haven't played it in forever. I, uh, so. so
0: my coworker was watching this as it was going down on Friday, and I think she said that there was, like, Aliens. Oh, yeah, co-op action horror oh. spinoff of the popular Siege Okay. Game. So Rainbow Six with monsters.
1: That actually sounds very interesting. It, that could be interesting. Because the thing about Rainbow Six I always like it's, it's one of the only shooters that's what, somewhat realistic. You get shot in the head once you're dead. You get shot in the chest a couple times, you're dead. So that could be interesting where you have to be tactical and be careful and you know, i'm, I'm kind of down for that why not because everything's done zombies and monsters the past years yeah all the call of duty shit and black ops and everything so okay why not it's so, okay so i'm looking at the i'm looking at the footage of that right now looks like it's in san francisco it takes place and then um they still have the tom clancy name in front of it i just think it's funny rest in peace tom clancy they still got his name in front of all the games um so there was that. Anything else for Ubisoft? Uh, you got the Rabbids, Mario plus Rabbids sequel. I saw that. That was looked amusing. I had no experience with the, with the original. The first game um, is
0: fantastic. Um, it's essentially XCOM Lite with Mario oh. and Rabbids. It's extremely okay. funny. Uh, it's a great game that a lot of people still refuse to play because, I don't know, they're dumb. Play it. It's great. And then they had an Avatar game, and I did watch the
1: trailer of that. And People people looked excited in, in the chat for because. You know, for a movie that's now twelve years old
0: I think people really kind of years old sometimes for these things. I, who the fuck is actually excited about an avatar game
1: it was the biggest movie of all time I mean like yeah that no one talks about anymore because it wasn't good it was fine Ian everyone saw it it was it was a new th- they're coming out with three sequels they're finally making them now I don't know it's it's like I don't know how you make the movie that far
0: in between but you know and everyone's coming back. From out of here. Uh, my for, understanding was that it did well because it was the right movie at the right time 3D. for the brief 3D craze, yeah, for the 3D thing that they tried to push for like two years. And I was like, well, at the time, I was like, this is gonna fail again.
1: But uh, I saw it in 3D, I saw it with Frank, you know, I never saw it. My grandmother liked it, see, and, and that's why it's a successful if, if Grandma Ferguson likes it. It's a good movie. Everyone's going to see it. There you go. Um, and Then you got Xbox plus Bethesda because now they're all they're, – they are joined together in a huge deal. Um, Starfield. Joined what? at the butts.
0: Um, I think Starfield looks kind of interesting. They didn't show a ton about it. But I like space stuff. Um, it'll be what I hope Star Citizen was going to be. Probably. I didn't to. see a lot of comparisons to but, Star Citizen, but I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be a good big space game, I hope. Yeah,
1: that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a
0: big space game where you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's that's my dream game, always. Um, I liked how the, the design of it, the sci-fi, looked. Uh, I don't want to say like classic sci-fi, like it wasn't Outer Worlds, but it wasn't. I, I, I enjoyed the look of it. It takes place in
1: it's our reality, right? It's not like another galaxy.
0: I believe it's our reality. Yes.
1: Okay, so that's closer like to like elite basically. Yeah. You know, it's not like a private hero they, they can think think about their own races and lying lying people whatever the fuck they are. Kill Rothy.
0: See, um, I know my stuff. Is it Kill Rothy? Hmm. I think it's Kill Rothy. Uh, they also showed some Halo Infinite stuff, which uh I don't know. I, I I've talked about it a bunch on here before. I feel like I need to go play. I I, I really need to go give the Halo games another uh, try. Um, I know people. A lot of people okay. didn't seem particularly excited about the Halo Infinite reveal stuff last year. I don't know if people are more excited about it now. I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. But that's obviously a bigger one.
1: Starfield says it's 25 years in the making. By the way.
0: This um, is uh, interesting. It's not uh, 25 years in the making. Uh, I was reading the, the it says that in the trailer. Yeah, it was. Um, I was reading it. it. It's literally. I think it's like Bethesda's 25 years old. That's a what brand
1: it new universe. 25 years in the it's making. It's not
0: actually 25 years in the making. I read the article. It's clearly—I it, it, don't remember exactly what it means, but it's just a tagline. The game has not been in the making for 25. So what years. the hell? The, the,
1: the, that's a horrible statement. Yes, on it there. is.
0: It's a very stupid you tr- statement.
1: You tricked me, Bethesda. I'm thinking that this
0: was—you know—someone think dream- a game was actually 25 years in the making. You can jot
1: down notes when you're maybe when you're a 10 year old. <laughs> now you're 35. You're making a okay. game. Okay, all right. That's a stretch. Don't ruin these people's dreams, Ian. Out there, you can—you you have 25 years to make a game. You can do it, or to write that novel or whatever. You can do that. Um, and then there's a Chernobyl game, which I know nothing about, and I don't care. Um, oh, we, we skipped uh, Forza Horizon 5. You don't have to into the Forza games at all. Mm-hmm. Reason, no, not really. Okay. Uh, Square Enix showed off the Guardians of the Galaxy game, single-player game, where you got the squad. Um, and, I, and I guess it's, you know, it's a Marvel game. And I, I love these Marvel games because they have to change the characters so much not to look like the actors. Like the other Marvel yeah, Avengers, no. like it's always, it's, like, it's like,
0: extremely like, jarring. It makes yes. them all
1: look like dollar store
0: replacements. Yes,
1: so like uh, Peter Quill looks nothing like um, uh, Chris. What the hell's his last name? And then uh, Gamora, they, they, look, they actually look more like the comics. Like Drax looks more like the comics Drax because uh, he's actually green. Um, and then uh, uh, Gamora looks like I think probably more like the comics one. But even Groot, they had to change a little bit. And, and Rocket, they changed just enough. But it's a raccoon. It looks like a raccoon. I just think it's funny. I have no interest in games like that, though. But, yeah, people. some people are complaining about, oh, it's why is it only single player? You only can play Peter. It's like, well, it's, it's a story-driven game, probably. So you're that they write for one guy, it's easier. I don't know. But um, I'm surprised it's coming out now, though, in between movies. That's kind of weird timing for it because that movie's not coming out till like, another two years. They still have to film it. Because it got pushed back and then with the pandemic and everything, and then the, they fired the director, now he's back. So it's like, yeah, so it's going to be, I suppose it's going to be the last time we see Batista, unfortunately. He's like, yeah, oh, I'm doing it for like 10 years almost. I'm time to go. I'm getting older. Yeah. Like, oh, good old Batista. By the way, you, you still got to watch that uh, Zack Snyder movie with him in it. We got to watch that at some point. I'll get to it. We got to do that. Um, and then uh, Capcom, uh, Monster Hunter, you're that guy. Uh, And Resident Evil Village, that's basically what they showed, for the most part. Yeah, I heard
0: Capcom's um, showing was a little lackluster. Uh, I can go over the Monster Hunter uh, Stories 2. I was going to cover that during Nintendo. Monster Hunter Stories 2 looks great. I don't know that I will immediately go out and get it, simply because my recent track record with playing RPGs for longer than 10 to 15 hours is not great. But... If you've ever liked Monster Hunter but didn't want to get into the, um, you know, the action online grinding game that is the, the, the standard, uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 is more of a traditional JRPG with turn-based battles. Um, but it brings in all of the crafting and all of the monsters and um, all those familiar things from the mainline series. It's adorable looking. Uh, it looks really pretty for a Switch game. Oh. Uh, uh, Switch games. I mean, Switch games can look good, but I'm just saying it looked better than I would have expected it to look. Uh, I would like to get to it at some point. I don't know when I will, but people seem to be excited about it. Monster Hunter is always popular.
1: Okay, and then a couple other little tidbits before we get into the the main meat and potatoes of what we like, or in terms of what what you are our faithful audience likes, as well as me. Uh, Back for Blood, uh, which is. Uh, Kind of, I, mean, I first heard of Left for Dead, Back for Blood. It seems like it's a, it's the same developers that did that. That's why? Uh, yeah, it's not Files, but Successor. it's the
0: same people. It's failed. yeah. Okay, That'll so that's fun. that's
1: cool though. That at least uh, they're like, okay, we want to do what we want to do. It's, it's sort of an unofficial sequel, but yeah, I'm all about that. Where you have what is it? Four people fighting off zombies. So that's pretty cool. It's like squad based with different different things these person does. I like stuff like that. I like I like the collaborative stuff. Um,
0: Diablo 2 Resurrected. Oh, very excited about that. Me and our friend Tom are very, very uh, pumped for that one. I will definitely be playing that. Uh, Come September, the beta launches in August, and it looks great. It looks like Diablo 2 with a fresh coat of paint, and I think that's exactly what people want out of it. They don't really want any changes to the gameplay. Um, Square Enix had some announcements. uh, Honestly, nothing looked particularly great to me. Uh, They announced... um, stranger in paradise what the fuck is it Str- called final fantasy origin stranger of paradise stranger okay. of paradise uh it looks really really basic uh i know uh that the main character wants to kill chaos that's what everyone has talked about the it, it just came across as very broy, very basic very generic dude running around in a t-shirt uh yeah i mean nothing okay. nothing particularly special they there have spiky hair They also announced another... They're they're redoing Final Fantasy 1 through 6, uh, what they're calling pixel remasters. Um, But I was looking at some comparisons of the sprites, and they still don't look as nice as just the Super Nintendo sprites. I don't know why they don't just use the Super Nintendo sprites for the Super Nintendo games and redo the original sprites in that style. They did new sprites that look not... They look better than those iOS and Steam re-releases of 5, 6, and um, Chrono Trigger that they put out that we talked about. That the, I mean, the sprites just looked miserable. But they still don't look particularly great.
1: Um, I think we're skipping some of the stuff from Microsoft because now I'm looking at Now I remember some other stuff they announced. By the way, yeah, go back almost that. all these games, obviously, are going to be exclusive to either Game Pass or or, or the Xbox console, which is really Game Pass or both. Um, that's huge news, obviously, for some of these big games like Starfield. Because when they first said, "Oh yeah, some these Bethesda games will be on their systems," no, that's not. No, they're too big. They pay too much money for these studios. They're not. They're not. They're not. Sony is not going to get these games. Uh, but they're just not. Um, so a couple of things I think we we missed out on. Maybe uh, I don't know. I still think a lot of it's going to be timed. Ooh, I don't think so. Uh, I think Game Pass is going to take over, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, Stalker 2. Oh, Age of Empires 4 is coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass. So they, they talked about a lot of the Game Pass stuff that's coming. Uh, Flight... right, the
0: new Age of Empires was interesting.
1: Uh, Flight Simulator is going to be on Game Pass in July. There you go. That Tons of people played that during the pandemic. Um, uh, Hades, game of the year. One of the games of the year, right? Uh, that's coming to Game Pass. Um, uh, oh, That's right. We got a Psychonauts 2 launch date. That's right. I remember they announced that last year originally. I think, and then a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. There's, there's a lot of stuff now. Obviously, Far Cry Six. I saw. I think I saw the trailer for that. That looks interesting. Uh, at least the story does. You don't only really see gameplay in these in these trailers. That's so. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So real quick about Game Pass. So this this news sort of dropped right. I think right before E3 about what Game Pass is coming to. We have to just, just touch upon this because this is a. a Solidifying Game Pass as like going to be the future, like Netflix of gaming. It's going to be what Google Stadio thought it could be, potentially, but they didn't have the the, the, the games, frankly, and they didn't have uh, you know the infrastructure that Microsoft does. So the the,
0: the big well, thing, the big difference is Game Pass uh, lets you download the games. It's not just streaming. No, well, that's just two. That's two. Not two plus it plus it's you yeah, know that's that's a, that's plus a huge it, factor in it. That can't Plus be you a console
1: it. attached to it that you can play them on as well. That's or or you know, so you have the the, the horsepower. To do that,
0: I so, mean it's, if it's streaming, it's no different than what Stadia is doing. It's still being played somewhere else. And sure, but you're in the that. infrastructure. You're in the ecosystem. Okay,
1: so I'm gonna be contrarian. I'm trying to trying to just transition again. anyway. So, so the big news is that it's also gonna be coming to iPhone. So that's that's really fucking interesting, man. That they're going to bring it to iPhone and that Apple they worked out probably some sort of deal. I think they had that. announced uh, their
0: intention of doing that when Game Pass was announced. It's this next part that's really interesting to uh, me.
1: Smart TVs, yeah, it's going to be they're trying to try to build it in as an app. So when you buy a smart TV nowadays, uh, a lot of like you have to have apps made for these smart TVs, and they're not always compatible depending on the age. They're like smartphones; they can be too old. They're like Android based or whatever. So like you know, Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and all these and Prime. Or are, are apps that come with TVs. So the fact that they're developing this for smart TVs is going to open up this to everyone who has a TV, potentially, except for Sony probably won't allow it on their TVs. But everyone else that makes smart TVs, you potentially can have Game Pass ready to go. So when you boot up your TV, oh, there's Game Pass. They'll probably have a fucking trial attached to it, probably. Hey, if you don't have it, you can try right here. Either way, that's, that's, that's gigantic. Uh, that's a huge audience. Right there, that you can tap into with, without them even, uh, you know, realizing that they w- might want to get Game Pass, or it's just or just convenient for people to be like, oh, I can just play it on my TV app without having to you know, jump through hoops, or you know what I mean? Like it's just another avenue to do it easily.
0: It's cool. Um, I think yeah. it's going to that's going to help it do better than Stadia. I don't think it's going to magically fix the problems of Stadia, though. I still think we're quite a ways out from having streaming be a truly viable replacement.
1: Sure, but. But Microsoft, you know, they they got the games. They they got it. They got it long term. So,
0: yeah, the thing that'll be interesting to see is if Game Pass ends up being less of a rotating showcase. Um, I mean, I think it really needs to be able to do that before it really takes off. Putting a game up on launch and having it up for two months is great. But, you know, not everyone's going to want to get to the game right away. And that is the thing that they do with Game Pass. Games get put up and taken off of Game Pass pretty frequently. So I, I think the library would have to be more consistent for it to really truly be a replacement.
1: Yeah, but for the cost, I don't think most people mind. I wouldn't if I only had two months. To no, play it's a new fine. Game, I'm
0: just saying um, it's not perfect. There are issues with Game Pass.
1: Well, for, well, otherwise they got to charge you probably forty bucks a month, which no one would do. You know, if, if it was going to be available sure. forever, they got to pay the pay the pay their the people making the damn games. They can't give it. You can't give the store away. That old expression, right? So um, no, but that's interesting. So that's that's a heavy blow. The combination of that. I'm not saying Sony's going away or PlayStation's going away. It's not. But they're really now going to be entrenched with a lot more people potentially, Microsoft, with their with – their, with their, basically, basically transitioning to, to, to basically being a software company the past three years or so. Saying Yeah, software was what matters, hardware not as much, and it's starting to pay off. It's going to start to pay off.
0: Yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I I don't think that's a bad way for them to to approach this stuff. Um, when they realized that Sony was more or less eating their lunch in the hardware department, they were like, well, let's go out there and gather up as many properties as we can and find a different way to put it in people's hands as opposed to always requiring the purchase of a system.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, everyone has a computer. Why not play our games all on the computer? Yeah, why not? That makes perfect sense. Who cares what you play it on as long as you buy our software? Why not? Why not Microsoft? Microsoft being reasonable uh, for a change there. All right. Anything else before we get into uh,
0: the big boy of, of E3 in our, in our minds? I think in most people's minds, even skeptics in Nintendo, uh, people who aren't fans of Nintendo realize that Nintendo had a uh, – there was a good chance going into today with the dearth of – the lack of real announcements from the past couple of days that Nintendo was – potentially going to come out of this looking the best and i think they did despite the fact that they didn't announce a lot of things that people were expecting
2: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: And we're going to transition now to that next topic for you on YouTube that you'll see maybe maybe a little bit. But All right, Ian, Nintendo uh, pretty much capped off E3, I think, for the most part. Uh, almost last in the docket.
0: Namco with... Bandai has a thing, or their their thing is happening now, but that that's it. Okay.
1: Well, well, we'll we'll pay uh, we'll we'll pay respect to whatever Pac-Man announcement they have and whatever else. But right now, or whatever Mappy uh, compilation pack that they're going to come out with. But right now, we're talking about Nintendo. Uh, E3, they had their event. We watched it live. I watched it on Twitch, and um, there was um, some some surprise announcements. Uh, our pal Chris Kohler had his list of wants, which was funny because none of them got hit. It's like oh, N- N64 on, on Nintendo Switch Online, and you know Earthbound uh, and all these um, Mother 3 and all this stuff. It's like none of that got hit. The, from the top of the uh, from the top, though, I'll say is that they brought back a lot of things. I thought that like people are like, oh, that, oh, that's nice to see that again. It was like a sort of a fresh surprise to see a few things like, oh, look at that. Now I want that. Thanks for thinking about that. Uh, Which we'll get to. So
0: they they brought back a lot of stuff. What what my main takeaway, without announcing uh, talking about anything directly, is that um, they did bring back things that people wanted to see come back. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has far more things in their past that people want to see again than I think anyone realized. And that's how I felt when I came out of it. I was like, wow, that was pretty good. And it wasn't until I looked online and saw all the things that people also wanted to see that were uh, missed. And it's like, okay. And, and this is, we kind of touched on this with the new IP, Nintendo needing new IPs. They, I, I they love don't. to see new IPs. I love to see new creative ideas. But Nintendo's back catalog is just... Loaded with shit that people want to see come sure. back, and there's no possible way you're going to get all of that announced in one, one e3. They, game do, they uh, don't, they don't
1: got the manpower to make all those games to work right. on twenty different, you know, IPs at once from different. Like it's just, you're not going to get that. But um, yeah. So the one thing they did not touch upon, they didn't even hint at a uh, Switch Pro. Nope, They didn't hint at it. So the way Nintendo likes to work this stuff, they want to make sure they know what's happening, things are secure probably before they say, okay, we're definitely going to get to it. It's a little bit too early
0: probably for that still. So if we're going well, to... I, I have a theory on the Switch Pro that we'll get to when we talk about the last thing they showed.
1: Okay, so we're, gonna, we're trying to do that order? Okay, I'm trying to get in the order they actually... What's the order that well, they showed? it?
0: I, we don't have to do that. So basically, if we, could, we can just talk about this right from the, from the get-go. They did finally show some uh, more footage of uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel. Yes, that that capped it. It's like one more thing, and then people got this point there's really two more things, and then they showed the Breath of the Wild sequel um, and, uh, and teaser. I don't know, you know, what the original timeline for that was supposed to be. Uh, obviously, you know, the pandemic took a toll on production schedules for things, um, but it says that it's coming out in 2022. And if I had to, if I was a betting man, um, I would guess that they will probably launch a switch pro around the time that comes out
1: okay you're now on pat's side about 2022
0: (laughs) for that i mean well it makes i mean it makes sense earlier in the year i thought there was a possibility that zelda might be christmas 2021 it makes my whole thing is that it's going to come with it's going to come out with these newer games
1: it makes sense to bundle it it's gonna be five years it's gonna be five years the switch is coming out next march already and why not re-release it with that you know with yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, because you have the, the more powerful console. I'm sure Breath of the Wild Two is going to require a little more horsepower. You're now in the sky. You can fly around and go up, and you know, be on little islands in the sky and stuff. Not there was tentacles coming out, and there wasn't a huge amount there that you could that you could really glom onto in that trailer. But it was a teaser.
0: It's early. Showed some new powers that looked like they were uh, based off the powers that you know he gets in the. In the first Breath of the Wild, with sure. like they showed the magnetic or the spiked ball rolling around and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it looks like you know more or less a direct continuation of the type of gameplay you saw in the first one.
1: Uh, let's talk about what they showed. I'll, I'll just go. Uh, first of all, they 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 led off with the Smash one of the final Smash uh, DLC characters.
0: I'm actually happy with that character. It's one of the few Smash DLC characters that I've truly been happy with. I love seeing the fighting game characters from um, other series come in. Um, I've always been a Kazuya fan in Tekken as well and I it was Nintendo's getting good at slightly trolly things they really started it off great with uh, they don't show you who's carrying uh, Ganondorf's body up the mountain so I think people thought that they were going to be starting off with uh, Breath of the Wild 2 Um, information because until he throws them off the cliff, it just looks like a a Zelda cinematic. Um, So the trailer uh, keeps showing him carrying people up to the top of the cliff and throwing them off and ended Mm -hmm. with something that I thought was truly funny. uh, Him uh, throwing Kirby off the cliff and Kirby simply floating back. Yeah, it was cute. And he he
1: just murdered all these characters. (laughs) Not murder. Kirby Kirby. never dies. Can't kill Kirby, but he killed everyone else. Sakurai's Um, game.
0: Sakurai and Kirby is Sakurai. He's not going to let that happen. If you're not familiar
1: with the character. Kazuya is like the main character of at least the first couple of ones, right? Jin and Kazuya
0: I would um, say are the, the the two main characters.
1: And um yeah, he he's like um I always okay, he's not the one with the fire powers, he's the other one, right?
0: Now he turns into ogre.
1: Okay. Um and yeah, I, I never used him in Tekken, but you know, it's it's nice to see them acknowledge that you you had um what Terry before. You have you have Ryu, you got some of these characters coming in. And, and Tekken's a pretty gigantic
0: it's, it's, yeah, fran- it's franchise. huge. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like, one um, of the biggest fighting franchises out there right now.
1: Yeah. So it's good to see. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and even the people I saw less bitching about
0: this than Terry, thankfully, I'm sure people were still bitching about this, uh, but no, it, it's, it's nice to see that. It's nice. What I loved about this announcement too, was uh, that it wasn't even remotely. Cl- I, I don't think anyone, as far as I could tell, I don't think anyone had Kazuya on their list of potential, uh, characters. There's always the ones that people go back to, um, Crash and uh, Lloyd from um, uh, one of the Tales games. There's always these characters that people constantly bring up that they're certain are going to be added. Certain. And this guy was, I, I, to me at least, Kazuya was just out of left field. But it makes great. It makes great sense.
1: Yeah. Plus, it's easier to incorporate you, know, you have fighting characters that you know actually fight. So it's nice to see the combos and things like that that they already worked in. They already had them all worked out. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not the prime audience for this, but. You know, I can picture people being happy with this that are into Tekken. Uh, then you had um, uh, a Metroid game announced, which was great because I love this stuff that
0: no one is thinking about this, and they and they dropped this on us. So Metroid but, Dread uh, was uh, originally, I guess, it was first talked about in, like, 2005 or 2006, and it was canceled, and... Um, this seems to kind of take the original idea of it and bring it back so it was interesting the way they started with the yes they will never ever ever announce anything as far out as they did metroid no, Prime never, Four. never never again you, every they time never, they bring it up you can see the pain and the hurt in their face that they ever like yeah we're working on right. it up
1: and that's it more information like next year they're, so they're saying
0: yeah they immediately brought that up and i was like okay they're just getting that out of the way yeah. first and that's it but then holy shit we're getting a new 2D Metroid,
1: yeah, for in the first one in, in almost 20 years. So it, the first new full one, obviously the the, the, the Metroid uh, 2 remake, uh, but the first you know fresh. I think one. they're say I think uh, they're
0: counting since Fusion or something like that is uh, what it was
1: this article. Yeah, first they're counting. It's also a direct sequel to Metroid Fusion. Okay, uh, concludes the five part saga. Yeah, Metroid 5 came on screen. Yeah, and people were like Metroid 5. They're like, oh, you're skipping. They didn't. They didn't they, some people didn't catch the announcement that it's not Prime 4. But then, because it opens with a you know with the with the CG of like you know full 3D, but then it switches to 2D. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's 2D!" And most people seem pretty like cool with it from what I saw. Again, this is a you know toxic, t- twitch, weird chat. But I, when I looked at, I'm like, "This is looks pretty damn cool." I
0: have a feeling um, it's going to be good. The graphic style, I, I if I'm nitpicking, it looked extremely nitpicking. clean, very too clean. clean for you. Yeah, almost too clean. Does very, like very clean and almost sterile. Well, it's, but um, it's, like it's a lot of robotics and environments that yeah, could be it, suited to that. It, it's not going to turn me away from it. I just thought it was an odd choice. Okay.
1: He's hunted by robots. That's, oh, she is. That's right. Samus uh, has some mysterious robot, uh, remote planet. is hunted by the Emmy robots, all while trying to overcome the dread that is plaguing the planet. Oh, And, of course, they have an amiibo announced that comes out on launch with Samus versus the robot, which yes. looks almost like... Um, Looks kinda like a Valve robot. I was gonna say at, the robot uh,
0: I got I got I got a lot of portal vibes off yeah, of the robots.
1: Very interesting. But they're doing something different. You know, where robots like that's pretty damn cool. Um there's some organic stuff in here too. I like the little combo shot things that I saw here. And I'm not the, the biggest Metroid fan, but like I'll probably check this out. If they have a demo at least be like, okay.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it. And uh I, 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 as we've talked about before, Nintendo doing their announce and drop uh. Uh, strategy here. This comes out October 6th, uh, I think. Nothing so for, very soon.
1: Nothing for poor Pit from uh, Kid Icarus. No, that, is, that that that.
0: There's a couple <laughs> things I I was hoping to see that I didn't, and Kid Icarus was one of them.
1: Uh, it's gonna be. Uh... Uh, an update to Mario Party uh, Superstars coming to Switch on October twenty nine. That's a new one. Oh, it's a brand new one.
0: It's a new one. It's fine. Oh.
1: So this... Um, oh, so, that's, so I was right about them testing the online multiplayer, the last one for everyone new game. Everyone
0: was right about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, when, uh, everyone, okay. everyone who was like, hmm, I wonder why they're adding an online update this to Super soon? Mario Party three years after the fact. Okay. It's not that soon. It's three years after. There was four of them on the GameCube. Oh, okay. Three of them on the Nintendo 64. I,
1: I, the pandemic... There's a time where I thought this came out like a year and a half ago. No, no. It's no? been out for
0: three years, okay. and they, they definitely pumped these out. As a matter of fact, uh, 100 minigames from the past, great. Only five levels from the first three games in the series actually seems like kind of uh, scant to me, but I, whatever. It
1: said it will include five classic boards. I'm not sure that's only going to be five. Maybe it,
0: I was waiting for them to clarify that, and they didn't. Because uh, even
1: the one in the N64 had more than five. There was like, what's... Hmm. Seven or
0: eight? I should know. I, I'm editing the reviews. You should know. I should know. I might be wrong. At <laughs> least, but I'm gonna go through some of the smaller ones that really excited me that I don't think you'll necessarily touch on. I don't care. Um SMT five uh, Shin Megami Tensei five. Really looking forward to it. Great series. The third one just got a remaster on the Switch. Um, this is a this is another one of those ones that's kind of like Metroid Prime four, uh, but for a different company. This was in the very first. Nintendo Direct that showed Switch games coming out. Oh, there was a very short teaser trailer okay. for Shin Megami Tensei 5. They dropped it and said, Fuck all about it until today. So I'm actually really looking oh. forward to that. That's a great series. They had to work on it. Um, if you work. enjoy the Persona uh, games, you'll like this as well. It's definitely different, but a lot of the uh, monsters are the same. Um, it's a very good series. Uh, Monkey Ball. I am so excited about this. The first three Monkey Ball games... You are really doing this a lot today. Uh, The first three Monkey Ball games in the series are being remastered and put on one cartridge. Those are the best three Monkey Ball games, one and two especially. Um, I'm so happy to see this. When they remastered uh, Banana Blitz in HD... A few years ago, everyone was like, why the fuck are they doing this? That's like the worst Monkey Ball. It's the one that no one wanted to see remastered. So to actually see this uh, coming out is great. When people talk about party games, Monkey Ball is one of the first things that pops into my mind. I know a lot of people think Smash or Mario Party. In my first apartment, the first two Monkey Ball games were on the TV almost every night. And it wasn't the main game mode. It's all the stupid mini games that they add. Um, like monkey fight and uh, monkey target and monkey bowling, all of that stuff is fantastic. So I'm I'm very happy to see that. Um, I love the WarioWare series. I was gonna say, let's not. I love the WarioWare series. That
1: the WarioWare people
0: got fucking stoked i got stoked for that i love the WarioWare games i do I love them and this one looks um, very different well it looks it looks slightly different in that you actually take control of the characters and do things in the game so yes. instead of three second micro games a lot of these timers looked like they were closer to 10 seconds and uh, there's like action platforming happening in some of them it looks like yeah like, it, it instead looks like of it a, being like a quick and, response and type the characters of thing. play
1: differently in the same puzzles it looks yes. like Mini games. That's extremely interesting. So that's like a whole new element. I'm kind of yeah. It'd be nice to see with using the Joy Cons to like you know pick your nose or whatever, like deal like the old Wii mode or whatever. But this is something fresh at least, and it's one of those games. Again, it's like oh we forget. There's WarioWare is a series that Nintendo can bring back. You know every console like this, so that's that's great to see that.
0: I'm still playing WarioWare Gold on the 3DS, which is like one of the last official 3DS releases, and it's going to carry me right into this. So I'm very excited. So so
1: nice to see uh, WarioWare back. And then I got stoked until I thought until I saw it was just a re-release of Advance Wars. Uh, I'm still uh, stoked. I mean. It'd be nice to see a whole new game, but maybe, you know, maybe this is the start of them doing a whole new game. But, it's, you know, it's a... Well,
0: we talked... Uh, my, my take on this is we talked about it earlier. There's tons of properties people want to come back for from Nintendo. They don't have time to do all of it. Sure. Um, so, Advance Wars is one of those games where it's like... The series is fairly long. Um, people probably haven't played the first two in a while. Graphics are totally redone. They look great. Um, there's you tons know. of new animation... Um, and it's the first two games on one cartridge. I I, but it's I, I would it's, I would love to see yes, I would love to see a new one. But people weren't exactly happy with the direction that the series was going in. Oh, so okay. to see the first two, which are widely considered the best two in the series, that's the on, only ones I played. Put on one so, cartridge, and and I I'm happy with that. The whole point to me is this: is that
1: that uh, a turn based strategy like that? You don't need. It's the same game. Like you're not going to need to see a, like a fresh coat of paint is fine, but it's. It's not going to be a fresh experience for me if I go back and play it. I'd be like, oh, I'm replaying the game. It just looks different. That's all. It's not like a first-person shooter. You know what I mean? That, it's, that's all. But maybe maybe that means a new game in the future. It looked cute, though, and adorable you know, with the graphics it did. Yeah, it doesn't uh, look would... like a simple... It looks like they put some effort into it. But, I mean, the core gameplay, it's a turn-based strategy game. Well, yeah. It, so it's like, what are you going to do? But, no, it's fine. Then, of course, they showed the Mario Rabbids thing again. It was different though than what, with, than what uh, Ubisoft showed. It was a little bit different. Um... And then they showed... Uh, we hit most of the main ones until we get to the one that I was super excited about and actually like, well, I screamed about because I'm a little fucking kid. Uh, Zelda uh, Game & Watch, which we called. Not, that were geniuses. So they're doing a Game & Watch release. Yay! It's adorable and and it's, it's
0: green. It's a bit more... Uh, it's a bit beefier than the Mario one, too. Um, so oh. the, the uh, Zelda one is... Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, um, but also the Game Boy version of uh, Link's Awakening, which I think is kind of cool. And they're not doing the DX version. They're doing the actual just, uh, you know, pea soup green, black and white Game Boy version. I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. I'm fine. Um, and then they're adding the clock, of course, and the uh, a special countdown timer that is Zelda 2 themed. That's uh, great. But if anything is uh, was proven by the first go-around with this when they did the Mario one... Um, they're gonna make plenty of these. No one's gonna to need to go out and, you know, oh. struggle to pre-order these. Um someone even said that one I, I think maybe it was even Chris Kohler posted that uh there were places that had the Mario one on sale for like forty bucks. Like they made enough of them what, to actually put them on sale. What do they
1: cost originally? Was it 50? 60 sixty. Sixty. I should have waited. No, but um I love this. Uh, unfortunately, you, you you did not get the actual Game and Watch Zelda game on it. Unfortunately, that one of the last Game and Watch that was a dual was. screen. Yeah,
0: no, yeah. Way to, no way to do that. Eh,
1: yeah. Could have maybe I don't know shrunk it down, but um, but you get a face swap of the Game Watch title uh, Vermin with Link as a playable character.
0: Oh so, yeah, that's right. So that you
1: too. get, so you you get an old school. I mean old, really old school game and watch, like early eighties game and watch. I love the fact I had to double check I looked at the Mario one that they put start and select above the B and A. I fucking love that. So they actually altered it and put two extra buttons on there. That's mm. fantastic. You need that for to constantly check, you know, your your item and menu and to fire arrows. Sure. How are you gonna fire look how how would you fire arrows with it not having the you know the select button on there? You'd have to like do a combo, hit the clock So, no, I'm, uh, I don't know. That got to me. Yeah, I'm I'm a fucking collector idiot. I'm going to get that, obviously. I think it's adorable.
0: Yeah. The fact that they're
1: doing any game, I don't care if they do Game Watches for random shit. Like, it's the fact that they're bringing back something
0: from their, like, pre NES era stuff. I I love that they're doing that. Um, I just love it. I'm not, like, the biggest Zelda fan, but I was bummed, kind of disappointed in Nintendo for not doing more uh, for For Zelda's 35th? 35th anniversary. I mean, you got the those got... games are sitting right fucking there. I mean, not 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 bringing Wind Waker and um, we got the Twilight stuff. Princess to switch. Really smacks of just not. I, I mean, I don't know. You got Skyward Sword coming. They, they, they talked about that. So it not just not seems like bare minimum.
1: Skyward Sword. You got the DLC for the fucking uh, the, the fighting one that I always forget about. Uh, Age of Calamity. Uh, they got that. Hyrule Warriors. That's yes. coming out. They're working on Breath of the Wild 2. They're not gonna be squeezing this year. I thought this year would make more sense, but either they're pushing it back because you said it's made the Switch Pro, or they have so many games coming out that they don't wanna just clog it. You know what I mean? Like sure. either either way. Maybe they'll keep it for, like I said, maybe they'll keep it for March, you know, for the fifth anniversary of the, of the Switch, it makes sense. So I mean that's I don't know.
0: You you want you wanted like the Super Mario All Star sort of treatment. Yeah, and not even yeah. for me personally, and that that's the weird thing. That's how much I feel like they probably should have fucking thrown something like that together. Was I'm not even like a Zelda fan. Had they done it, I probably would not have bought it, but I know Bonnie would have got it. I know a lot of Zelda fans were hoping for something like that. Because of all the things I brought over from the Wii U, the two things that I think that are remaining that people would really like to play that were not experienced by many people were the remasters of those two Zelda games that they did.
1: Well, it was always got the 40th in five years. <laughs> you, can always, you can always look forward to that. Sure. So yeah, so I think that my my final, or one of the final takeaways of, of this presentation was that there was like, I hate to use the term, there was something for everyone, but there really was. There was really, the only thing that, if, like the only thing that would have totally like upped it, yeah, if they showed like F-Zero, then I would be like, holy shit.
0: like, be like I, would I would have f- loved to have seen an F-Zero, yeah. I would have loved to have seen, um would have loved to have seen a Kid Icarus, and I would have loved to have seen more for Zelda, for the Zelda fans. That's pretty much all though, I that mean, I, for- I, I mean... And we didn't talk about Mario Golf, but that comes out like in a week and a half. Yeah, I'm, I, I, that looks outstanding. Not, it does. That. that I, I, I mean, that looks incredible. So,
1: like, like I don't know how well the other, obviously the other golf ones that have come out probably have sold well enough to keep uh, doing them. But that looks, I mean, that with the extra modes they have, with like the the dash mode, and they have like an arena mode. Mm-hmm. It's like, and plus they have the the me uh, mode. Uh, like like almost like an rpg adventure yep. so they're, was, finally I, bringing that back i chuckled there was like they showed the me like sh- the, there was a female me character jumping away from like a dragon like spitting fire like you have a golf club you're like, going to golf but like you're avoiding a dragon it's, like, it's so silly that like when nintendo does it though you accept it like okay that's a, that's cute i want to yeah. play that sort of idea absolutely so yeah so that was nintendo so i guess uh we'll, we'll look uh later in the year to see if we're gonna have that Switch Pro news or not, because we know they're going to, they're gonna be probably producing them this year, we'll just see if that comes to happen.
0: I feel like there's got to be uh, some more stuff. I feel like there's probably a couple more things up their sleeve because there was nothing. Something wrong? There's really well, the Metroid. There didn't seem like there was a lot that was targeted specifically at holiday season 2021. This was all like from now. Metroid until... is November. I Metroid believe. is October. It's October? Okay. Yeah. And I think that was the latest. So you think that maybe like in late? late I think summer, there, might be, fall, there might be there might be something fall. that'll announce for November, December, maybe. Surprise Star Fox game or the remake of the of the one, no one like that one played in Wii U. That would be nice.
1: They still got the remix. That's there there's one more another game that that's coming out on the Switch that was on the Wii U. There's less and less exclusive Wii U games that are less left. There's like less and less every other month.
0: <laughs> Star Fox Zero, which blows, and uh, with Xenoblade Chronicles X or Xenoblade X. Um, yeah, I can't think of. they are running one. out. Can't think of a whole lot. It, the, it, the Zelda remasters.
1: It, it's it's going to be the system that never was. Almost to give another like year or two.
0: Yeah. Ian,
1: you know, I'm a cereal fiend. You are as well. We grew up eating cereal every day of our childhood Saturday mornings a big hunkin bowl while you're watching cartoons. Cereal is is so yummy, but historically it's delicious. It's
0: delicious, awful for you. Though. But
1: it's historically the worst thing you can probably eat, full with with sugar, artificial sweeteners in it and just not good for your body long term. But now, now now this is the zenith of potentially human evolution and food creation. Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon is the d- delicious
0: healthy Cereal alternative So Magic Spoon Check this out Zero grams of sugar 13-14 to 14 grams of protein And only 4 net grams of carbs In each serving And it's a big serving too They the, the, the serving size is an actual cup Most cereals, half a cup, three quarters of a cup That's not a serving, you're no. going to eat like two of those Only 140 calories In a serving It's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free Soy free, low carb and GMO-free. When you order, you get a variety pack. You get four flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And all the flavors are delicious. Uh, the the peanut butter tastes like actual roasted peanut butter. I was surprised. It's okay. really delicious. And I'm not even generally a fan of like the fruit-flavored cereals. The fruity is probably my favorite flavor they offer. Oh, it, it's it, super it's, good. It's
1: delicious. And you can mix and match when you order. They also have uh, blueberry uh, as well, and they have different, They have cinnamon, and they have sometimes have like little seasonal uh, they flavors. They do special flavors. Special flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really delicious. You know us. You know how we love cereal. I gave up eating cereal for literally three and a half years. I'm back eating cereal again with Magic Spoon. Right now... You can go to magic slash cu podcast, grab a variety pack, and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code cu podcast at checkout to save five dollars off your order. That's five bucks off your first order with the promo code cu podcast. And magic spoon is so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt free cereal at magicspoon.com slash CU Podcast and use the code CUPodCast to save five dollars off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, so much for sponsoring this episode. So Nintendo had a had a great showing at E3E and that, that showed why they are the the, the the titans of controlling the, I guess, family friendly uh, video game market. But there's a contender. There's a contender in the wings that we are so excited to discuss. That also had an E3 presentation. I'm a, not excited. A, a 10 minute <laughs> E3 presentation. Uh, I got up bright and early on my Monday morning and I watched it. And the chat was very excited. The Intellivision Amico had their had their almost like their 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 uh, coming out party, like you know, their Sweet 16, so to so to speak, coming out to the world. And this is what we have to show you with our upcoming console that may or may not come out sometime this year, uh, which we'll get into. And uh, with all seriousness. It was uh, a gigantic thud, uh, not just in my estimation, across the internet. Uh, it was either met with derision from, from most people, including game journalists, or it was so uh, much of a nothing that IGN didn't really cover it. I didn't see a GameSpot article last I checked. So it sort of came and went in a
0: blink. Try as try uh, Tommy May. Um, he cannot get mainstream traction um, on no. in television, Intellivision Amico. And there's a reason why it looks like shit it looks like an also ran.
1: It, it looks like one of those, I think one of the comments I saw, it looked like one of those consoles you see like in Toys R Us around, the, you know, like early 2000s, like for families, like, Oh, just like, you know, get 10 games in one um, and plug it into your TV.
0: Journalist Kyle Orland made a good, a good point about it before we get into it, that um, this is the Wii U two without Nintendo's backing. And, at, think, and, at, think, at, and think about, at best. At, at best. best. And think about how disastrous the Wii U was.
1: No one wanted the Wii U still. That was Nintendo coming off of the heels of the, one of the biggest selling consoles ever. Right. New I
0: feel like we can cover th- it without yourself. watching it, but okay. We'll go through it. Um,
1: good old our pal Greg Miller doing the intro there. Hi,
2: I'm Tommy Tallarico and what an honor it is for television to Tommy. be a part of this year's E3. I want to personally thank the ESA for having us be involved. And we have seen some incredible incredible fast forward. stuff. What a great time So Tommy spends the today. first couple
1: minutes talking about himself basically and going through his history um, and you know the fact that you know he worked on some of these franchises he threw in Metroid Prime into there even though I've seen some controversy about his involvement with that franchise, about, about how much he actually worked on it. And then he brought up his Guinness uh, World Records, which is nice to bring up something that you pay for in order to get an award. Sure. Uh, you worked on all this stuff. But then he actually goes into the console at some point uh, here. Let's
2: fast forward here.
1: And he, go, he shows the controller, how unique it is. By the way, that's a cell phone in his hand, not a controller. Yeah, there's still a lot of cell phone.
2: ...in a game like Spades. And here you'll see it on Farkle, another one of our six-packing games that you get free on every console. This is interesting. You shake it, and you'll feel the vibration. We have haptic feedback. And watch it. Pour it out. Boom,
1: and the dice pour right out on uh, pour, I, well, First of all, there was a delay. They didn't pour right out, but okay. I,
0: I want to know why we think this is something that we need to uh, point out in 2021. That's that, that that was maybe a selling point in 2004, and then it was quickly derided as gimmicks. So, so this 10-minute video, before we get into some of the more details, is an info dump. It's everything regurgitated
1: from the past yes. really two years as quickly as we can, as much information as we can, because Tommy talks Non-stop through the whole thing. They don't show any game for more than like a few seconds each. They run through as much as they can and mention as many franchises as they can. It's almost it's a shotgun approach to see what they can attract as they go, which never ever works in marketing. First of all, but it comes off as almost desperate in terms of oh I got ten minutes I better throw everything out there and this is what we got. And it's like the games did not lead
0: this presentation. No. Not only that, I, I I feel like it's um this this whole presentation has a very uh back again for the first time feel to it. Oh yeah. Um he desperately does not want people to look into the fact that this thing was announced when? 2018 17. 17 and it was supposed to be out one last October and then 2019. When? Yeah. And then again in April and um I'm sorry if you really want to watch it we can but I feel like it's just easier to get through these points um, the big takeaway here is there is no one of my big takeaways there is no release date announced here no mention of a release date
1: no mention of a price either
0: by well way. as as I think you said I said that too but as I think you said and you made a good point when we were talking about yesterday is that's not something that is oftentimes It can be mentioned, but it's not always mentioned. The lack of a release date when he's got investors on the line still thinking that this is coming out in October just shows me he knows that there is no way in hell. He didn't even give it a quarter four. There was just nothing. This is not coming out this This year. This is not coming
1: out this year. I I would. I would. I think I had a seventeen percent chance. I mean, I'm being funny with the numbers, but um, I'll be shocked if it comes out. Uh, maybe they could get some out for this late December, October. Absolutely not. It's not happening. But I think he realizes that.
2: Screaming processor and incredible lifelike graphics. That's not what we're about.
1: He's, he's, he's already prepping people saying this is not what we're about. Uh, it's almost like why do an E three presentation if if supposedly hardcore gamers are not your audience? You know this is not. Why even do it then? Like, what is the point at that point? And I think he responded to someone saying, "Well, it's to get publishers and get retailers interested." And I'm like, "This is not the video to get publishers interested or retailers interested. This is not the video for that." No. You do, yeah, plus, you don't have to do, waste money on an E3 video to what do that. Are, That's a CG render, by the way. Shocking. Is really this is what I want to go through. Is hard, I want to point out some stuff. That's a CG that render,
2: you and you're going to
1: see a bunch of you're going about to see a bunch of the same Photoshop images. Of Amico controllers in people's hands at an E3 video. Yeah, you're gonna see this. Friends come over, in maybe a second. you have a
2: husband or a wife who isn't in this gaming as much as you are. Maybe-
1: Photoshopped. That that's Photoshop. Badly. Photoshopped. <laughs> comes
2: over and you want to play a simple motion control game or a card game or a. Board They're actually the playing. I think that's whatever uh, it is. See, all of our games are built around fun and simplicity. Oh, so other systems are not built, are built around, around fun.
1: fun. Other systems are not built around fun. They they want you to have a terrible time
2: most important thing for us and gathering people Yeah, everything's shown for like a second, second and a half television we've assembled an incredible passionate team of game makers who have over 600 years experience why
0: do we keep bringing and, up the 600 because, years experience. because i it, saw it, people it, immediately make fun of that oh no
1: here's the thing about this well, as i said about, about the Tommy, i'm speaking directly you can't hide anymore there's no more cover anymore the mainstream now uh, audience and gaming journalists and uh, people that know about games and tech you can't hide from it anymore. This is one of the reasons why this was so derided.
0: Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. have your cherry-picked,
1: you know, uh, team of 50-year-olds to defend no, you. you don't have your little Atari age of form harem in order to, to, to you know, massage you anymore. So Where's Jay
2: you?
0: Howard, by the way? He's not here.
2: Your favorite games. Everything we do, we focus on... Bring-
0: Probably Photoshop. global marketing director Jay Allard, who was just contracted for some side work, because that's yeah. what you do with a global marketing director. That's bullshit. Um, that's probably
1: Photoshop. Putting
2: people together and having. That's probably photoshopped. Fact, that looks photoshopped around those two things. So for example, our controller is really unique. It has a color capacitive touch screen.
1: That's not unique, having a capacitive touchscreen it. it really comes in that handy really when isn't. you're playing
2: others that might not be as good as you in gaming. So it's a great way to give them little hints. For example, here in Shark Shark, whoever's in last place, it will vibrate, because we have haptic as well. And then it shows the color of the clam that's going to release the next big bonus pearl. So only that-
1: So this is why I wanted to watch it, because I forgot about this. This actually, out of all the things, this annoyed me the most. The whole time, Ian, we talk about this console being for non gamers and being simple. We said, oh, we'll give them, we'll give them, you know, we have a controller that has haptic feedback and it has a fucking volume, it has a speaker on it and it's got a 64 direction pad, uh, something really simple and it moves and it has all the extra bells and whistles. And we'll put LED lights on it. And now you're telling me that my grandma has to figure out, give her a controller. Okay. Now you're going to play a game called Shark Shark. Okay. You have a color assigned you. Okay. Now, Grandma, you got to realize that at a certain point in time, you got to look down on your controller while you're playing a game. This is someone that's not a gamer, by the way. Look down a controller, see a light, okay? Realize that that light corresponds to something back on the screen. Look back up on the screen, and then navigate and get an item. That's supposed to be simple for a non-gamer to get. All all this weird interaction with the controller versus I don't know. How about just having a simple mode for certain players that automatically get the power ups or they get a boost in their stats or on their you know their fish like it's really going out of your way to use this controller for things and you're actually making it more complicated for even regular gamers to play at
0: that point as as we mentioned I think once before when talking about the amico um there's a reason why the Wii U came out of the gate, like dual screen, look down and, never and use use this and really. then never ever used it because yeah. unless you're playing something like the DS where you're literally flicking your eyes up and down, no one wants and to it's still within your vision, right? It's in yeah. your field of vision. Yeah. No one wants to look back and forth at two screens to play something again. It's, it's miserable. miserable.
1: If it's weird for gamers, for non gamers. No, it's not intuitive that at all.
2: We'll get that information. And also having a screen on every single controller gives you a lot of really cool and unique abilities
1: but they're they're playing on phones by the way guys think it's funny like half of the things we're seeing are on the phone still not the fucking controllers So that to used. me
0: really says um, a this is either older footage or which is which is not good or, or they're not working on controllers yet or it's, yeah that's and, and someone mentioned that I, I saw somewhere um you're not seeing it because no one's seen three freaking television controllers in the same room before they might have at the national game museum yeah. playing astro smash they might have but for stuff like this we have not No, the the the, the the heavy-leaning-on-the-phone thing... The motion controls we haven't... ...is problematic for two reasons, as we've mentioned.
2: For For a long
0: time... He swore that none of this stuff was doable on anything but an Intellivision controller. Oh, of course. Well, here we are doing it on a phone.
2: And they can hide it in a game like Spades. And here you'll see it on Farkle, another one of our six-packing games that you get free on every console. You can shake it, and you'll feel the vibration. We have haptic feedback. And watch it.
1: Second time they mention haptic feedback. That almost seems like it's, it was put in afterwards. They, they, they put it in for Shark Shark as well. Why is that a big deal to mention haptic feedback? Like that's not Because it's a buzzword.
2: Pour it out. Boom, and the dice pour right out. Yeah, they the don't, it's not, it's, there's a delay motion on that, too, by the way. Motion also really important, especially for casual gamers. So a lot of our sports and recreation, for example, will use that kind of motion control. You'll see here with...
1: You, I love this shot because you can't see them actually using the controllers to play the game. Right. It's hidden. It's hidden behind the girl's nice dress. You're throwing the bag... In the you can't box. see way, You can't other see other
0: it. Comes you don't see how it works. works. Hey, well, she's also oh, holding a phone. Oh, what she? Yes. I didn't even see it. Okay. She's holding a phone. These controllers do not exist in, in in incredibly well functioning that we've seen, form. That we've even, seen. E, there was even the uh, whole thing at uh have
2: eight positions up down left right, and the diagonals um,
0: at the national video game four. museum where uh, it, it shows him like taking a controller and shaking it to get the screen get the to the rotation like, right get, to get the rotation
2: right directions and touch sensitivity as well so the harder i press down it'll affect gameplay here's a feature i think a lot of gamers are going to love i can take my controller i can go over your house dock it in your system and because it recognizes that it's my controller we can now play all of them i'm going You're to right. be some, nice some I'm- of
1: them are using phones one, one guy's using a controller. i think it's Hom's it's pitching that's it must be his family one guy's using a phone the rest are using controller uh, phones
0: I, I will be nice that is the one thing that i can truly say i do like about the amico if it ever comes out that's a nice idea the whole kit port your licenses around on okay. your controller i think that's that's handy
2: I guess use an rfid I on your system probably your house. As long as my controller is there, my games are there as well. Another cool feature that we incorporated is wireless contact charging. Okay. Cool this,
0: feature. Okay. Now we're really stretching I've, for cool features. This
1: is the thing your cordless phone does. To call it wireless is, I think, a misnomer because there's still a wire connected somewhere. And originally it was supposed to truly be key wireless yeah, charging. Yeah, this
0: is not the key charging. This is the contact. This is, emba- this is actually contact This is an charging. embarrassing
1: thing to reference because it's like, wow, this is what your Wiimote sat in. Basically, your remote sat in something with a contact on the bomb to charge them.
2: So once you're done with your controller, your game's over, you just dock it right that's back. That's not something we need to hear about. Charges for you. Another unique feature of Amico is that we have interactive LED lighting. That's ridiculous. The, itself, the, the interactive lighting is not, you're going to cause
1: seizures in some kids, by the way.
2: The
0: and but again, it's ridiculous. And, which and again, we have not car seen car, any example, way that up that's system, actually shows up
2: useful. You know what's really cool about having the
0: Photoshopped image?
2: Focus the, people well, the reason
1: I come back to the Photoshop image is that to do that during an E3 presentation is so low, you're actually using controllers of some of the other companies that are involved in E3, and we're just going to wipe out those controllers of real products and put in, uh, you know, CG together, renders.
2: I'll give you an example. Astro Smash is a four-player game. At any point during the game, somebody can pick up a controller... And just hit the ship they want and go right into the game at any point.
1: That's any arcade game or portal, like, yeah, NBA Jam, you, you come into the game, you know, or, or, or beat them up. That's not special. Now, Drop in is
0: interesting, but it's only start, interesting you know, for more advanced download games. Download this is common.
1: Yeah, that's just an arcade game putting a quarter and we'll in and starting up. And
2: we'll be releasing more information.
1: There's the art that, for the baby. games. Oh, they, they don't even show the physical media at E3. I skipped over that. They have a silhouette of the fucking cards. How do I go back like one frame here or whatever? They have a silhouette and don't even show you at E3 what the fuck this physical media looks like. It's it's infuriating, and not for me. For people that are like actually want this console, you should be infuriated that they're stringing you along on four months from release, release four months from release, and eight months from the original release date. We don't have any clue officially what the fuck the physical media looks like on our console are you joking this far this far away from the original release date after the fact what is going on now we know that it's likely just a fucking rfid card that gives you a a key to access the game we know that and we know that's not truly physical media but for all the people with the pre-orders that are hoping for real physical media this is why you're getting tricked you're getting tricked you're getting tricked Oh, buy these um, these artworks with the fucking card likely inside to get the key to your game. It's like putting a serial number in
0: in the box, basically. I like the Moon Patrol artwork.
1: You like you like the, those that early the early eighties looking artwork.
2: This year, now here's something I think a lot of gamers are going to appreciate. We don't allow any loot boxes, in-game purchases, in-app advertising, or paid downloadable content. But what we do have is an online leaderboard system for most of our games where you can go in there and check your scores against your state, your country, the world, or the month, the year, and of all time.
0: Okay, I like leaderboards and I don't like loot
2: boxes. So if you have the high score at the end of the month of your country, we're going to email your certificate that you can go print out and hang on your wall.
1: That sounds like an idea. We're going to email you a certificate for you to print out. That sounds like something that a website would push in 99 in order to promote the product. That is a ridiculous. Now, it so is.
0: There's know, just bigger problems. Oh, no sure. That's Before cute. Part of any video game. Fine.
1: Okay. Now the games are nine up to $10 and the physical games are 20 bucks at launch. 20 bucks. You're going to play for game, a lot of these games that are uh, either
0: were pre-existing mobile games or maybe weren't these games. What was the original price? Three to eight, three to eight dollars. I, I, I think it was two ninety nine to eight dollars.
2: Game system are the games themselves. They all have to be super fun to play and that's where we really really shine. In fact,
0: Oh, okay.
1: That's a, no one else no That's a new cares. game. It's a 1942 type type game. There yeah. you go. I'd be shocked that that wasn't a pre-existing game by the way. Someone'll probably hunt that down and realize
0: that might be a pre-existing game, yeah. Or one that was in development for something else.
1: Yeah.
2: Are highly curated.
0: Highly curated.
2: All of them contain a single and multiplayer or couch co-op mode. And all the games on our system are exclusive or contain exclusive content. Oh, he finally, finally. he
1: finally caved and realized it's bullshit to keep calling these games exclusive because we tacked on a feature that wasn't in the original release. No one else has ever used that definition of exclusive ever. It took him a year and a half of arguing with us and other people to be like, you cannot call a game exclusive if it's available on other consoles. You can't. Or other platforms. You just can't do that. That's false advertising. Finally... Finally, he says he admits, Okay, exclusive content
2: like Retro Reimagine, where we take some of the greatest classic video games of all time, give them new graphics, new audio, add multiplayer and couch co-op. Some of the things we have, for example, 12 of the best games from Atari, like Breakout, Asteroids, Tempest, Missile Command.
1: We don't see Tempest, by the way. We've
0: never seen Tempest, not even an inkling of Tempest. Burger
1: Burger Time, we don't see Burger Time.
0: I've never seen exactly. Burger Time. I mean, bump and jump.
1: We don't see Bump and Jump.
0: I I would actually get excited about Bump and you're, you're, Jump. I love, guys, uh, I love Bump and so Jump. So
1: he so he starts rattling off these names, and then like it's like they're buzzwords for people to say. Oh, I remember Burger Time, but like are we, do we are they being worked on? Have we seen it?
2: And even some of the best in television games from the past, like Cloudy Mountain. There's the D
1: and D sort and of game. Soccer. We have That's a free flash game on SesameStreet.org with Sesame Street that you can play right now. That's and a, it. That's, and it. Looks. That's like a it. flash game, a flash game. What exclusive features are you going to add? That I don't know. But that's a free. We're going to charge you for it. That's the exclusive. exclusive. That we are going to charge you between. We, you, we you will can, charge you between three and ten dollars for a free fucking exclusive flash in
0: this version. Game.
1: You can pay money. Okay. Exclusive. Pay some money on an awkward and use an awkward controller.
2: In titles for kids seven and under. Things like Sesame.
1: That's another free flat yeah. street and Care Bear. That's a free mobile game that I download on my phone to make sure called Care Bear's Carts or whatever. A free mobile game.
2: Now our original IP category contains brand new games. Oh, that brand we've new created brand a new. lot of times around our unique
1: F-
0: F- we've been through this before. Finnegan
1: and Fox is not a brand new IP. No, it's we- not we stopped. you took a game called Fox and Force and you made it look worse. It's not an original IP. It's not. Stop. Stop it. Stop. it.
2: Controller. Some of those games are platformers like Finnegan Fox. No. Bomb Squad.
1: how is Bomb Squad so, an original IP if it was based upon the Intellivision game? Right. I don't even understand that.
2: Also, but uh, this
0: is the first time we've seen anything resembling gameplay in Bomb Squad.
1: And they're not using an Intellivision controller. They're using a cell phone.
0: No, that's a that isn't an Intellivision it, is controller. Is it? Yeah.
1: Is that the Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. We got one. First All right. Time. Time. Okay, oh, sorry, jumped the gun. Sorry, it's Tommy. Up. We got the first time we're seeing it being used for something. For a second. Is it for a second?
2: A a second. Yes, literally a second. second. Strikers. Flying Tigers.
1: Uh, Someone's going to find Flying Tigers was was another gamer in development. Someone's going to find it. By the way, that's the only game that has nice sprite work out of almost all these games, by the way. It looks like a 1942 type of game.
2: And we even got the original Echo the Dolphin team to create our new title called Dolphin Quest.
1: Okay, so this has been there since the beginning, um, the original trailer for this back in like fucking August 2018. There was something showing this. I don't know if this is a single screen game like Shark Shark or w- where this is at. The issue is that we don't know yeah, where, where in development these things are. The
0: yeah. other issue is that um, lots of people remember Echo the Dolphin, but not lots of people actually remember it fondly. To actually like have fun playing it, you mean? Yeah, it was a neat idea that was not exactly greatly implemented. Oh.
2: We even take more mod-
0: Free mobile game.
1: Free mobile game that's five years old. Uh, Evil Conneval.
2: Turn games and add exclusive co-op modes. Games like Rigid Force Redux and. Already available, and of course. Dino Blaster. Now our sports and recreational category not only have.
1: Okay, they show they show the baseball game literally the same footage that they showed back in August of last year. That's literally the same prototype footage. Literally the same five-second clip. It, have you made any progress?
2: Big sports like Major League Baseball and soccer. New soccer, at also least. Also recreational sports like cornhole, skiing pool and many more now our casual category contains many party games dice games board games card games
1: when i hear that grab a pack of cards and dice things like that spades
2: point. emoji charades and even award-winning board games like blank slate telestrations and ink and gold
1: the problem with this stuff is that these are not going to come out if, if it's a, if a, a big game a board game like ink and gold is not going to be exclusive to the amico they'll put it out everywhere right for people to play or Telestrations. That's not going to be exclusive. And
0: all of those other games um, are so generic enough that you can probably find them on multi-packs on other systems. Those, those
1: c- companies will be stupid to put them exclusive on the internet. I've already
2: mentioned some really big partnerships and licenses like Major League Baseball and Sesame Street. Partnerships. I bought a more, license. Including things like Mattel Hot Wheels, Harlem Globetrotters, and so much more.
1: Do you think, how what percentage of, of people watching the E3 stream probably knew who the, what the fuck the Harlem Globetrotters were? I'm being totally honest. Now, we I feel like
2: 15%? No, I feel like people know. Do you think anyone Super
1: under 20 knows who the Harlem Globetrotters hey, are?
2: Maybe. We got Maybe. the original team to be working on it. We to Oh, here we go,
1: Ian. So this is the big this no, is, this this is, is, this is, yeah. So Earthworm Jim, which capped off the August video, that was the thing that got the most buzz on social media, was Earthworm Jim, Right. They showed the little walk cycle, and there was a couple of sound effects, and you walked off screen. We are 10 months from August, out of August. We're almost a year out of August. You would think that was going to be one of the flagship titles of your system. You would have something new to show. Yeah. Tommy shows a, a giveaway of three pictures that will be signed and given out to you for Earthworm Jim. There's no new gameplay footage. No talk about when this game is going to come out there's no we have no clue if this game's been worked on <laughs> the past 10 months
0: and i'm pretty sure that's promo art for a book that's unrelated to has nothing to do with the game yeah it has nothing, okay. it's just leftover promo art so
2: so we're gonna give away how does it, it look new...
1: when the the only title that got you buzz at all you
0: have nothing to show at e3 10 months later
2: prince all nothing of the team members signed it, so all...
0: nothing to show this is why I I, I said it, it's very much a, a back again for the first time thing. This he's hoping that this is the first experience most people are having. He having he's hoping that he can scrap the previous two to three years of um, Amico and start fresh. Um, That's basically it. That's basically it. Yeah. But there's no one like you said um, for people who have been following this. The amount of new stuff in here probably totals minimal a minute and a half tops top you had you had you had the shots of two or three new games yes for a couple seconds flying tigers uh the brief brief soccer gameplay shot of uh 3d shooter um time bomb smart bomb whatever bomb squad bomb squad um yeah i mean that's that's it i don't think I, i don't think any of that footage of um night stalker was new we're going, to get, we're going to get into a weird
1: state going forward, and this is what maybe we finish up on. This is um, not like this is going to you know, end tomorrow, but now that there's a public face to this campaign in terms of the mainstream gaming press and to all the people that know about this that were laughing at this, it's not just five people. Uh, the vast majority of people were either disappointed. Even supporters on Atari were said, yeah, I was expecting
0: more. Even people like, yeah, I could have seen more. There wasn't a lot of new stuff. Uh, well, you can only uh, repackage this shit so many times. It, it, it's literally, my thinking is, he got a handful of people very excited about this early, early on. Mm-hmm. Got all this footage and has just been finding new ways to repackage this footage for about two years. Well, because he doesn't
1: have to. You know why? His money is not entirely on the line. He has investors. Yeah. He completed a successful. Uh, he had forty seven hundred ninety four funders on uh, Republic alone. It doesn't count any funding for that. Eleven point six million dollars committed on Republic. So, if if the, if those investors never see their money again, which is likely, um, see especially even breaking even, no skin off his back. It's fine. So what's telling is that I'm not sure the investors were made aware of this. Because on Republic's site, under updates, there has been an update to the Republic investors since May 11th. You think that your investors would want to know about that you're planning an E3 presentation, which is a huge, a huge marketing push. The biggest marketing potential you'll ever have uh, to get in front of actual uh, potential audience. And there's still, we're recording this on the 15th. He didn't even tell them that he did it. What does that tell me? That he, he, wasn't, he didn't want the investors to see this or know about this. Because he knew that the response was going to be bad, or yeah. at least lukewarm. At yeah, best, I
0: don't think he wanted the um, investors to see it. And I think the big thing is going back to uh, the silent. I, I, I can't think of a better word for it than the silent delay by literally not saying anything about the release date. I think it's clear that it's not coming out in October.
1: I was surprised that there was no nothing on this on the Republic uh, Investor page. No update at all for this. I was like almost shocked. Like, I have investors. This is E three. This is the coming out party for my console, basically. This is like where you cap off. This is where you get the buzz. Nothing. Not a fucking word. But I'll go do my fucking podcasts with, uh, with YouTubers and, and have my attack dogs uh, harass people that are critical of a system. But I won't tell my people. People that gave me eleven over $11 million, they can fuck off. I'm not going to tell them about what's going on in terms of the marketing. Because if I saw this as an investor, even if I was gung-ho about this and saw the reaction, I might have to uh, second guess myself at some point. So this is this is a this is a, a weird turning point I think now on the coverage because now going forward a lot more people are know about this even if it's not covered by IGN or GameSpot and and like I said now you can't you're not hidden anymore this is not behind the scenes now right. it's out in the open so best of luck I guess we'll, we'll update you in a month when it just gets delayed again
0: that's probably when we're gonna come back to this I'm guessing because it will be delayed again all right. Yeah, I mean, based by his own, uh, based on what he, what on what has come out of his mouth, if they're not being produced in 15 days, then it's not hitting October
1: or start to be produced. Yeah, yeah, you got to be up and going in early July there. All right, best of luck, Tommy. Ian, summer is coming and hotter days are just around the corner. You can keep cool. With the help of our friends at Manscaped, who are sponsoring this podcast segment, they've just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. Holding it in my hand right here. Compliment your summer grooming routine and join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com
0: for 20% off and free shipping with the code CU Podcast. It's time to bundle up the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. That's a whole lot of stuff. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. No one likes those thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunctional, On-off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. If you want to take your grooming game even further, you can pick up the Weed Whacker, the perfect tool to eliminate ear and nose hair. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use Crop Preserver Down Under Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. After a long day of trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the summer, heat boost your freshness. With the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two new free gifts for their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort in boxers to another level. That's a lot of stuff in that Performance Package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CU Podcast at Manscaped.com.
1: That's 20% off and free shipping with the code CU Podcast at Manscaped.com. Stay fresh this summer and shine with Manscaped. All right, Ian, you all good? I'm good. All right, we're going to discuss uh, an announcement that happened on June eleventh that was already uh, reversed from Super Rare Games. Super Rare Games is a is a company uh, that came on the heels of, of of a limited run, which is a game that w- would do a you know game a, publisher a smaller physical release of of an indie game that was only digitally available. Yes, there's a few of these. There's like strictly limited. You told me the name of one. Uh,
0: strictly limited, special reserve, super rare. They all have incredibly Incredibly creative names.
1: Yeah, it's like Limited Run had the had the had the good name, and they did the dollar store version of all of, of the Limited Run name, basically. So they had an announcement that was not met uh, with a lot of positive news. They announced something uh, that was a new label for physical only games. Super rare shorts Super was what it was going rare to get. shorts. So exclusive games never released digitally, only available physically once for anyone that wants them in. Month long windows,
0: so um, I mean, wh- where to start? Uh, that's a shitty, bad, awful idea. Um, and what they basically did was they uh, they funded these small micro games, and then they were going to sell them to you. I- immediately, everyone saw this for what it was, which is a naked, it- it's naked pandering to the scalper collector market you're manufacturing scarcity you're manufacturing scarcity and you're somehow expecting people to find this uh, a good idea under the guise of helping the devs under the guise of helping the devs and they really dug their heels into that too um but as many people pointed out it doesn't really help the devs because these games are simply going to be collected um never opened kept sealed used as bargaining chips and, and and essentially just vehicles for monetary transfer that's all these would ever be. Um, I, most people buying these were not going to open them or they'd buy to open it play the game for 30 seconds and that would be that um, that's not going to get a dev's name out there that's not going to get a dev talked about especially not positively. Out in the market, it turns them into into uh, collectible tokens. Most importantly, no one's going to play the game. No, yeah, exactly. No No one's one's going to play play the game you work on, right? Because most people are going to keep these sealed. Um, To me, it's just totally perverting what Limited Run had done. In Limited Run, they did not. You know, I had issues. Initially, we all kind of did the the um, the no open pre-orders. You know, the things were hard to get, and it really turned a lot of people off. Limited Run did a lot of work to kind of turn that image around um, to be seen as consumer friendly, to offer these open pre-order windows. Sure. And they've done a great job at it. They are loved by most people who play games and collect games. I enjoy what they do. They are loved by most devs that give them an opportunity to get a game out there physically that they wouldn't ever see. Limited Run is doing this right, and they're doing a great job. And then to have a company that was formed to essentially mimic and copy what they were doing. Which also to the help preservation of games, right, too. Which, oh, preservation of games. And then totally pervert it and be like, money, money, money. That's all it is. And I don't care how many times I try to defend it. I, I know they reversed it, but to me, it does. It-, it, it leaves it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because you should not have had to receive the backlash you did to realize that this is just naked...
1: It's money-grubbing. So part of their the original statement, it's like, we're proud of what we've done for any developers, collectors, and gaming preservation, and we'll, and we'll continue to do with our line of super rare games physical releases. Here's the deal. Um, when you talk about... You're appealing the, to
0: the worst aspects of the collector market. talk about
1: game preservation... Yes, having it on physical helps with game preservation. But if you're having it in such a small amount of people's hands with no digital release, you're actually hurting the chances of it getting preserved over time. That's what's, what's so perverted about it. It's, it's the fact that when you had a digital game with no physical release that was bad, it's almost just as bad to have a physical game that was going to be only hoarded with no digital release. Because then not only it's, you get into a weird situation where it's so hard to get a hold of even access... But then, yeah, it's it's a weird scenario that I'm shocked that something like this would even tiptoe into. I'm not shocked. I'm I'm kind of shocked because it's like it's so bad on its surface. How do you even try to spin that to be something positive for either game preservation or for and plus for the devs because the devs are not making money as much. If if I have a brilliant game that's digital or or that, that I made, I want as many people to play it as possible. Yes. A physical release will spotlight it. But if it's not on digital, you're capping off like 90% of the gaming market that might never find it. Like that's insulting to me as a game dev. If the guys is if, uh, if, that you're helping me as a dev, but that's obviously not what the goal was.
0: No, and, and, and I mean, like I don't want to take any personal shots. I'm glad they reversed this, but I, I, I'm sorry. I cannot see this as anything other than them trying to get away with a scheme to make money from the worst parts of video game culture. And video game collectors
1: shorts can be anything from entirely from the ground up original titles by up and coming or veteran any developers finished versions of promising prototypes or smaller scope games, vastly different and more definitive versions of promising titles that struggled to get the spotlight or even expanded jam games from larger internal studios. multiple shorts games are currently in in development so they they 're throwing out a, they want to throw out a net of whatever games that either couldn 't make it as a digital game or were tossed aside and they want to they wanted to then constrain it to a physical media for a short amount of time and get make sure that all the collectors buy because they know, oh, this is going to be available for only a month. We're going to buy them all. And people might want it. Because one of those games blew up. If one of those games blows up and you can't find it anymore, then yes. Oh, my copy I bought for 50 bucks Now it's going for $400. They're tapping into that mindset with this sort of project. Yeah, they're tapping into
0: the, the the FOMO shelf collector sealed game mindset. And I it's gross. So there was major backlash, huge immediately. No one liked this. Um, they, I, I don't uh, think, I don't think they had a single person who could have swayed this uh, positively for them come to the uh, come to their bat. And they had a lot of prominent people. Um, I think a lot of people were were biting their tongue, but, but flat out being like, "This is not great." Um, I believe uh, Josh from Limited Run had measured words to say about he it he didn't call him directly but what he addressed it measured words yeah. about it um uh kelsey lewin from um video game history foundation was not pleased about it i mean a lot of people were like no this is and i'm glad people called them out yeah. this this is dog shit and this i i'm glad they, they the the video game community is kind of policing it's it's um what's the word i'm looking for god i hate this
1: they're, they're, they're basically, uh, basically they're, the, the scene or the yeah, community. They're policing
0: the scene. They're policing um, the community and, and they're cleaning this sort of stuff up. The biggest response was, I feel bad for glass revolver. That's the game announced. Now only
1: 5,000 people in the world will ever play their game. If that you call this preservation. Do you know the definition? I'm disappointed. I've bought anything from you. I love physical, but I don't ar- I don't love arbitrarily limiting stock for profit. And again, these aren't games that will be digitally released. So it's like if I wanted to play it now, I got to get in that tight window to even to even discover the game. Um, they responded, these small scope games only exist because we have funded them. They would never exist at all or see the light of day. Otherwise, it allows indies to make something cool over a short period that they otherwise never could and help fund their next project. Awesome. Release it
0: digitally as well. they release it digitally as well. Well, I, I, before, you know? before we sound oh. like we're purposely hiding the fact that they've changed us. They, they did. They did. They did change. But this. the whole point is like, it's so transparent. because like, It was just a bad idea. You can
1: still fund the game and have your, your limited small physical release, but they release it digitally as well. You're not harming anything, but except what you think would the profit be to get the interest in that
0: game. It's so transparent. So they came out and said, you know, uh, we're sorry. We're going to change this. We didn't take some things into account. I feel like you took all of it into account. I mean, you don't get this far without thinking about that. Um, So what they're doing is, and and honestly, if this had been what they had said they were doing from the start, I would very much look at this and be like, this is not for me, but whatever still don't love it but whatever so what they're doing is the pre-order window is i believe six weeks that is a generous pre-order window now you can order as many as you want six months after the game comes out it will get a digital release on itch.io which is uh,
1: which you don't know that's more like digital game etsy sort of speak it's like more open it's it's
0: a very it's uh, it's a it's a it's indie i mean it's hard to say because steam carries a lot of indie games but it's indie steam sure it's any steam. There's no DRM. That's the big thing. Sure. There's no DRM attached to it. Whatever. Once you download the file, it's yours. So I think that's one of their big reasons for and doing. They don't take it. A, as big as cut of Steam as I don't think. Probably it's, not. It's much probably much smaller. So there you go. The games will be preserved. People who want to give them, a, who want to play them without buying into them sight unseen, will be able to. There's a time release, which I'm not in
1: love with, but okay. You want to protect your investment, finding these games, make sure everyone buys the physical. I sort of get that. Um, the the H .io thing I think is interesting though because it's still not going to be able to be found by accident by a lot of people um, by not putting it on the mainstream stores. Like, why not do it everywhere? But okay, it's not. It's better than nothing. You know, it's basically it's like it's like a half concession.
0: Yeah. Basically. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy they listened. I'm happy they changed it. I still can't help but feel kinda grossed out by the whole thing.
1: Sure, because I could have got away for it wasn't for us dirty, you know. You it, know should game have, community, it should have. It
0: should have never gotten to that point. No. And it's one of those things where it's uh, it's like now, okay, well, you're reversing it because you got caught. Yes, like
1: they, if they,
0: also, they, they I, I don't think I think they would have seen huge margin decreases in terms of their like people were angry. Sure,
1: because it's the, it's the worst case scenario of all of this. Yes, it's like the reverse. It's, of it. It's
0: everything we talk about being shitty in video games coming to a head. Absolutely.
1: So, yeah, but they did the right thing. But again, it's almost like, sorry that I got caught, but, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, you, you shame the company to doing the right thing. I guess it's a, it's a net positive. And no one should probably, would probably try this again. No one. No one will we'll try to do that again. I, I can't imagine doing something like that. And, and just, you know, I can't imagine being a game dev that would want to do this either. If I have a brilliant game and now you're just shuttering it behind these arbitrary doors that no one could... Open up and see my game. Uh,
0: someone some else is doing it though. And that's all oh, there is. That yeah. Uh, Devolver Digital is doing a physical only Switch game called Demon Throttle. I saw that coming up. But I have a feeling at this point we're probably going to see uh, none of this going forward.
1: So they're going to try and that's going to be not that's not going to be digital. At the I don't point. know
0: if this has been uh, changed, but basically digital downloads become the most common way to buy games. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Demon Throttle looks to be a cool top down action. Um, you won't be able to download it. You'll only be able to get it through Special Reserve. Um, it's one of the other companies. Yes. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's going to get changed. But I, I really, I'm I, i I'm not just going to try to call out um, Super Rare. Uh, I love Devolver. But I think this is, once again, a shitty, bad idea that only plays into the worst aspects of video game collecting. Is that open pre-orders, at least? Or I'm is- assuming it is, yes. If it's
1: open pre-order, it's open pre-order for June to October. Well, All right, so you get a larger release you get a there. large
0: window, but still, I, still I, I'm bad. really not into that idea. And as um, I think, uh, I think it was Kelsey who pointed it out. Uh, and you know, I no real fault to Limited Run here. Um, I understand that they're doing with the Canon's open pre-orders. All I'm getting at is, open pre-orders have not been shown to greatly reduce the price of these games if they get popular later on. There are lots of those Switch games that limited run release that are still expensive, even with open pre-orders. So all I'm trying to get at is open pre-order without a digital option does not excuse them. Sure. With, with, no,
1: yeah, with no digital releases, try to temper Oh, I actually want to play it. it does I don't not,
0: wanna... yeah, yeah, that does not excuse them.
1: Okay. Well, hopefully hopefully this has not become a bigger thing because then it's a larger issue uh, at that point. All right, Ian, we got a Patreon. We do. How do you access the Patreon? You're sitting up very tall right now.
0: I'm hot. Patreon.com slash C U Podcast. Oh, well, I'll
1: say. What do you access? How do you what do you get there on the on the good old Patreon?
0: Uh writing, which I should probably do today. Uh, it was a busy week. A monthly
1: hangout that Elon probably This weekend? Probably this weekend.
0: Yeah. And you get the full video podcast.
1: And you can also vote on a topic. Poll topics. In second place. Retro games slash consoles, you were getting we're getting selling. Oh, And in the first place, 62%, are we past the point where, in quotes, fake retro consoles, VCS, Amico, Chameleon, are seen as viable? I'm guessing mean viable for the market or for consumers to to survive and and to thrive. Um,
0: I I think we're, I think we are mostly over that, yes. Um, The Amico is really going to tell the tale of the end of this sort of uh, vanity project um that we saw you know attempted and failed with the coleco chameleon
1: vcs um, was, was not really a vanity project because it's done by people that bought the ip to make money off of the
0: I still atari f- yeah, it's, yeah, it's, but it's, atari is very small i, I still feel it, like it's a vanity project no
1: i don't think those guys give a shit about atari they just want to make money uh, off sure. it you know what i mean that's why i say it's not
0: technically a vanity, vanity project, right? okay you know? um they wanted to make something that they tried to, you know, they tried to get it to appeal to uh, retro gamers and collectors. It's out. There's nothing coming out for it. I, I mean, I'm not sure they're making more of them. You know, like it's, it's like, oh, it's a decent computer well, for the price. I, from what I understand, from what I understand, there are still people waiting on them, and it's supposed yeah. to be or like July is the official launch or something like that. I mean, that.
1: that's the best thing you can say about the, the, the VCS. Like it came out, and from right here, yeah, it's a decent computer for the
0: price. If you want to use it as a computer, like that's basically what you get out of it. Yeah, that's it. Um, my, it's just. We've gotten to the point where these things launching is supposed to be reason for celebration. And it's like, no, you actually have to have a successful lifespan afterwards. If we all can sit here and make fun of the Wii U, and we absolutely can. And then, that sold 10 million. And that sold 10 million yeah. and had, you know, five years under, or four years, five years four under its Four years? Belt, four years under its belt. I'm not trying to laud it, but I'm just saying, like, that was a huge failure, and it did more than get out of the gate. Yeah. I'm sick of these people patting themselves on the back for getting something out of the gate and on the store shelves. That's not the end of it. Yeah. Um, Polymega, we, I mean, that, we, we have no idea what the hell's going on with Polymega right now. They're not talking. Um, the Amico, uh, and then the, the one that we saw that kind of worked, um, and I'll get into that in a minute, Evercade. Um, but we, when I say
1: fake retro, this is what I mean. Like, the Evercade plays real games that right. exist in the Right, and that that's, that's what I'm going to get It's not at. fake retro. Right. That's a retro console. That's that, like saying, like, like, the NES Mini is a retro console because it plays retro games in that aspect.
0: So that is... Right, so yeah. that that that's where I was going to make the differentiation. The difference with the Evercade is... Um, it's affordable, and it's focusing on games that already exist. It's putting together compilations. It's putting together compilations, people can collect cartridges, and because its main market is just these compilations, there is still room for modern homebrew to get releases on Evercade, like um, Xenocrisis, there's that Xenocrisis, and I think it's called Tanglewood Double Pack. Those are modern games that got cartridge releases on that system because that's not what it's focusing on. I think systems like... Um, the Intellivision, Amico, the Atari VCS, and, uh, you know, the failed um, Coleco Chameleon, I think we are probably going to stop seeing people attempt to make these fake retro systems that are going to have suddenly their own ecosystem of original exclusive games. We're not going to get, it's not going to happen. There's, there's the, uh, there's the Ouya did it or tried to do it. There's just no money. Well, in the it. Ouya, well, they tried to get the whole independent gaming. Yes, scene
1: when it was hot, they tried to. It wasn't that wasn't fake retro. It was just
0: no, but I mean, same sort of thing. You, you, the, these people trying to sell these consoles on the idea that you're going to get this new. Um, Set of games that you're not going to be able to play elsewhere. It's just not going to happen. There's a lot, and obviously
1: there's lots of reasons for that. It's 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 hard. The, the gaming market's so segmented and hard to tap into directly. But when it comes to the quote unquote fake retro stuff, it's like we have the the real retro games already. We have multiple ways to play NES games, Super Nintendo games, officially and unofficially. ColecoVision games, in, uh, Atari games, and television games. There's all the flashbacks. There's all the mini consoles. There's ways to fill that nostalgia hole in your heart already without constructing an ecosystem and a gigantic project for profit in order to trick people into thinking you're going to feel like you were back in 1982 with this new shiny project when they can feel that same way with pre-existing shit. Right? You can feel that way already. But right. let's you can po- feel that way. They're with- trying to, they're trying to and artificially inf- inflate like like the fucking Dig Dug pump, artificially inflate more nostalgia into you versus the original feeling you had playing those games because you can get that feeling again playing those games. We're going to give you a shiny new version of that somehow,
0: and, and that's going to make you feel better. Here's an object that you need to buy that is branded with a name that you liked when you were younger. Um, and- but not the one you had when you were younger. That's what's so weird right. about it's like It's not the same one. It's a new version of that. Right. It's uh,
1: perverting nostalgia in a weird way.
0: Right. And uh, what it comes down to is when, peop- when these things get announced, like, and I, I'm, I'm really not trying to make this just an Intellivision uh, segment again, but when, like, the Atari VCS got announced or the Intellivision got announced, what are the things people always say? I can't wait to play these old games, not realizing that that's not what these things are for. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but it, it, it's what people want to the point where, you know, Atari puts the retro game collection uh, on their. On their system. But that's not... A, they're trying to get your nostalgia, but they're not selling you the stuff that you're actually nostalgic for. Yeah. So so if, you, so if you wanted to
1: tap into someone's nostalgia, I'll give you exactly what you had. I'll give you, you know, say if you're a ColecoVision fan, or say you like The Odyssey 2, I'll give you a mini Odyssey 2 with Casey Munchkin, you know, Quest for the Rings and the other three or four Odyssey Two games that probably people still care about. Like I'll give you those games, right? And I'll put you on an H. I'll give you a little HDMI console, plug and play. There you go. That's what. That's what. That's nostalgia, and that's what that's, the market has shown to accept. That's the, yeah. That's what you want. That's what we get. They're, they've sold how many probably Atari flashbacks over the past fifteen years between flashbacks, Genesis, Genesis, Minis, Nintendo
0: classics, and things like that. That is what the market has shown to accept. That is what satisfies the itch for those people. Yeah.
1: Um, there's no market for new, like new nostalgia is so weird because it goes against the definition and feeling of what it is because you're no longer in that time
0: span. You're now here trying to like mish, mishmash time periods. And with, you also don't need anything special to play those games. Even if that is what you want, they play just as fine on a PlayStation four as they do on an Atari VCS. And great point. If you want to fill that nostalgia hole with new versions of that old shit, there's
1: probably so many uh, indie games and app and free apps and stuff that you like the dollar switch games that are probably close to what these consoles were looking for to begin with. Right.
0: So it's like it's all covered. You just got to find it. So you You can either take any of your existing stuff and find what you're looking for, or you can somehow be convinced that you need to buy a new retro system and... And you have to believe it's going to be successful. That's what these, these companies are trying to reinvent the wheel. They're trying to do this from the ground up in an era where there's no reason to do that. You don't need to buy into the Atari VCS to get access to games that are going to be on, the, to get access to games like what would be available on the VCS. They're all over the eShops everywhere no, sure. eShop, PlayStation yeah. Store, Microsoft Store. Steam is lousy with them. They're lousy with them. Meaning, that's an old term for that has tons of them. Yes,
1: uh, like nice 1930s term. Yep. The thing I watched my Three Stooges stuff. Um, like for like example, not to pick on the Amico, but because it's so easy, it's like it's like boxing a four year old. But the game Snafu, or like or like Tron Light Cycle game sort of thing, where like there's a billion of those I of games. I don't need the games. name brand. Yeah, there's a billion of those games that have been made over the past 40 years. A simple, you got a snake trail, left, right, up, down, you hit the next thing, your tail grows bigger, don't hit your tail, don't knock into something. like that's.
0: You don't need to pay uh, 250 US fucking dollars to buy into an ecosystem to play that game.
1: To be accepted into the club to then buy the game. Yes. We're past you that You
0: can just point. go buy the game. We're past
1: that point. We're past it. Uh, and we we would have saw maybe this not happen if the Coleco Chameleon came out and was a spectacular failure, but... We're going to see it happen either way, because now we're, now you're running out of properties to, to mine. Like, I, I don't think you can... You got the Atari, television, Coleco tried, and no one gives a shit about the Coleco stuff. That's not a name anymore. We're about, we're about done with this stuff, I think,
0: after that, right? I think so. I hope so. I think... Hey, hey, uh, to touch on something you said, I almost wish that Coleco had done well enough to get released, because, like you said, hey, I, I, the problem... The problem with the Coleco Chameleon was it failed before release, so that there are people out there, and we've seen a lot of people who insulted the Chameleon go to bat for things like the VCS and the uh, Amico, which is insane, especially for the Amico, which yeah. is insane. Um, yeah. But especially on they, they, they have talked themselves into this is well, different. This is going to be different because the Chameleon's problem wasn't. The concept was well, the concept. Kennedy. Yeah. It was Mike Kennedy. It's like no, the concept's horrible. And we all made this enemy. Oh. And granted, Mike Kennedy was a cartoonish villain. But sure. um, you, you know, it it, it it was the concept more. It was it was his oh. in it was his ineptitude, but it was also the concept. Sure. There just isn't a market for it. So now they're convincing themselves, well, if we can just get one to market, it's suddenly going to do amazing. That's not how it works.
1: No. No. You can push and, and pull, but. The marketplace will bear out what it bears out that's the, that's the lovely thing about capitalism you can't force a good product on the people and have them like it they either think it's bullshit or know it, or think it's good based upon the price and the quality of what it is but yes but yes I think the fake the fake uh, retro um, consoles are, are done they're done and not just done in terms of um, in terms of well this will come out and not be a success but you're not going to see uh, then again I may be shocked Maybe we'll see someone try to do a fucking. I, I'm trying to like a CDI remake. I don't know, but like I said, we're running out of viable ones. You know, yeah. Sega, Nintendo, that's all shored up with, with companies that are still exist and have have money. So that Atari's done in terms of their their try. Yeah. Plus, you still get the flashbacks sort of stuff. You still get like the the one off stuff, right? You still get. The Atari, they don't give a shit, Atari. But we're basically done after this. So. It's a, it's the a trilogy. The v-
0: VCS and Miko and Chameleon. The Holy Trinity.
1: All right. We got voicemails to go through. Anchor.fm slash the podcast. Leave us a short message. Make fun of my hair. Comment on Ian's lovely orange-yellow shirt. You can do whatever you want. Here's the first one.
3: Hi, Pat and Ian. This is Chris from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And out of curiosity... What is your favorite model of the TurboGrafx-slash-PC Engine console? Me, personally, I happen to like the PC Engine Super Graphics, probably because it looks less like a video game console and more like something you could unfold
0: to play Electronic Battleship yeah. with. Yeah, it does. But... What are one of your favorites?
1: Yeah, Chris, that's a ridiculous. Uh, that's like, yeah, that's, when you look at that, you're like, is that a weapon? The, the
0: super so graphics? We, we talked about that. Uh, we well, talked about we that did. last week a little bit. Okay. Um, the, you we know, did, that's right. How silly they look. Uh, yeah, I'm not a super graphics fan. I also do not like the shuttle, which everyone seems to love. Everyone it's loves weird. the shuttle. I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, I'm pretty basic. The PC Engine Duo R is my favorite. Uh, I, I, I guess if you want me to get real specific, I kind of like the RX a little bit more because I like the blue accents on the controller.
1: Sure. Hey Patnian, it's Sean from Erie PA. If you could please give a shout out to my brothers, that'd be awesome. Hey brothers, your names are also Patnian. For both of you. What was it? was this guy doing? A, is he, is this guy like on a vocoder? What's happening here on a mixer? <laughs> That's why. What? Shout out Patnian. Your to...
3: names are also Patnian.
0: Whoa. Both of you, my question is. Do you ever find yourself wanting to play an original
3: game cartridge, but for preservation's sake decide not to because of its value? Thanks, and keep up the great work.
1: The value. No, I, I mean, we played on the second marathon. We played both NWC cards. So I mean, I don't. I mean, they're not going to get damaged playing
0: them. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, no, not really. If I, I mean, have them, I it's it's to play them, and I, I whatever.
1: A, a cartridge is not going to get damaged playing it. I mean, it's well.
0: Of, I'm sure he means CDs and whatever too. But, but I, I, kind I of, yeah. So I, I you know I, what you're doing. It's not going to damage. Yeah, I, I use my, yeah. I use my sapphire.
2: Hi, Pat and Ian. This is Peter from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Uh, just a question about uh, what do you think would be like the most ultimate new console if you were to take up the reins like Tommy Telemico
0: has and. What what would your ideal oh, console look like? No, well, we can't avoid it. Um, I, I, like I said before, I I, it, it wouldn't. I, I have no desire to make a new ultimate console because are, it's just been. Well, first of all, there's no such thing as ultimate console. It's done. There's really else well, no to right? And at this there point, you something. know, we're we're beyond like. Polygons and we're beyond, you know, sprite. How many sprites on screen it gets? Uh, what w- my my ultimate console is a Switch with a few more third parties on it. Like, I mean, that's that's it. I yeah. I, I don't I'm even know pa- how to I don't know how to tackle that question.
1: The Switch Pro that gets finally a GTA game on it. So like I said I said GTA comes to the Switch. There you go. I'm happy. Sure,
0: that's it.
3: Hello, Pat, Ian. This is Will out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tennessee. I wanted to ask real quick. Uh, and get y'all's thoughts on video games in the public domain. And now I understand that we are many, many, many years away from any video games entering public domain. But it is the next major medium that will begin that transition. And I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on what the distant future holds for our favorite characters, such as Mario and Sonic, and what it'll be like when those characters begin to enter public domain,
1: I think the laws will be constantly changed to keep that from happening. I, I, I think, and I'm not, and I'm pretty neutral on whether that's good or bad because, um, copyright tr- laws have constantly been updated. I'm looking at it right now. It depends on when something was published. Um, so like, for example, Mario was created. Um, let's see, he was created in 81. Super Mario Bros. will just say it was 85. um, It looks like, for example, that would be the greater of the term specified in the previous entry or December 31st, 2047, or it's 70 years after the death of the author. If a a worker corporate authorship, 95 years, there it is, 95 years after the publication or 120 years from creation, whichever expires first. So there'll be another Super Mario Brothers game that can be made potentially. That's 2080. That's probably what you're looking at. Right, that's what it looks like. But they, they, every ten years they alter this, so there's a reason why like like Disney was responsible supposedly for changing a lot of this because it used to be a little more loosey goosey on copyright because at first what can you copyright? Uh, books and music, right? That's it. And Then all of a sudden you got the moving pictures, and then you have, you know what I mean. Then you have a lot more things. Then you get video games that pop up, then you get movies like and TV shows, and so they had to constantly be like, hey, what's reasonable? And I don't know. We're going to be probably gone, but there are, there are some weird people I see that said, like, oh, uh, interne- uh, they think that there should be no inter- intellectual property copyright, that everyone should own anything. How do you own a thought? No, that's ridiculous. Uh, but but we, we will get to a point in time, in theory, based on the current laws, where any company can come out with a Super Mario Brothers game. I don't know what that's going to look like or that's going to be prevented. Yeah. But that's going to be strange when you have – because at that point, it gets so diluted where I think where then it's not – it has no – basically, the point was at some point, the, the the holder can get no more value out of holding the copyright. Therefore, it expires and anyone else can use it. That's what theoretically why there's a limit to that. Okay. Uh, you know, in theory. It's like, oh, we can't get any more use. I mean, Sherlock Holmes is in public domain because like, oh, Doyle wrote that stuff in eighteen <laughs> ninety. Right. You know. But like his estate can still try to go after you for some stuff, or they still want money. That's what it comes I was down say to. Say
0: they do have some of that copyrighted, or something. yeah,
1: I don't know how they thought about corporations making Mickey Mouse stuff 150 years after Walt first penned. I have no like, I don't have a good answer for you. I don't. It's gonna be weird. Dogs and cats living together. Uh, <laughs> next one here. Hey Pat and Ian, uh, this is Chris from North Carolina. Want to ask if there's any music you maybe used to like, uh, but totally cringe at now. Thanks.
0: Any Ian? Um, no, not really. I. Nope. I, I probably have that <laughs> in terms of like. I'm sure there's probably TV shows or something or whatever that I probably used to like that I don't like so much now that I would find cringeworthy. But I, I'm 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 fairly happy with most of. The musical choices I've made. A lot of the stuff that I listened to in high school: Orbital, KMFDM, Nine Inch Nails, um, you know, Prodigy. I may not like some of that stuff as much as I did, but I can still throw that on and enjoy it today.
1: Yeah, it's tough for me to listen to the Prodigy nowadays. But it I, it I depends. First two it. albums,
0: I can't do Fat of the Land.
1: At least not all the. Oh, way I could never do Land. That was commercial. Commercial. Crack. Not all the way through. No. But uh, no, nothing. Nothing I'm ashamed of. I can still listen to stuff. I'm not like I still. I can still throw on some happy hardcore. I'm an old man.
3: Hey, guys. Brandon from Michigan. My question for both of you is, when you're old and senile and living in the nursing home, what video games or video game systems do you see yourselves playing then? And more generally, do you think video games are going to be a popular hobby in the nursing homes in 40 to 50 years, maybe even surpassing something like bingo? I think, uh, that's yes. a
1: good question. I think we talked about that before. Being that we grew up with this stuff, we would be more likely to play it when we're older.
3: Yes, I,
0: the, yeah. the whole age thing was simply because when video games were introduced, I mean, video games are still very fresh. When video games were introduced, there was entire generations that had not experienced them. Sure. But lots of people like them now. We've proven by the fact that the target market for video games keeps jumping up by 10 years. It used to be kids, and it was 15-year-olds, sure. and it was 25-year-olds, and now it's 45-year-olds. Gen um, and millennials, yeah. Uh, we're not going to just magically grow out of it. And simple pick-up-and-play stuff. Games like Tetris, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm thinking of old ones, but there's modern ones too. Simple pick up and play games are always going to be popular. I could see something like a game. We we hear stories already about old people who love their Game Boys and get attached yeah. to Tetris or something like that. That's going to continue. That sort of pick up and play gameplay is going to continue to be very popular.
1: Yeah, I don't think the long like I don't I can't picture a 90 year old getting into a game that requires a hundred hours. But that might be a little tougher. Maybe to remember some of your faculties. But yeah, simple games. Absolutely. I'm with that right now. I'd rather play a simple game I can, I can get in and out of in a half hour. Absolutely. Give you my mappy fix, right?
0: Ian, this is James from the UK. Hi, James. We really miss your Tales of the Video Game Store segment. Um, we haven't had one of those in a while. Right. Wow. Um, but frankly, they promote all of the idiots that come into your shop. Yes. So do you have any humble, lovely stories about oh. people doing nice things? Uh, in your retail experience. Thanks. I'm sure you do, Ian. Heartwarming, uh, heartwarming tale. I do, inside. and I've told some of them before. Um, but yeah, really, I'm just kind of trying to stay away from you know the, podca- uh, the, the the shop on here. It's just not worth the
3: hassle. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Ox Bigley. Uh, thanks for listening uh, to my message. <laughs> anyway, uh, just wanted to know, aside from the obvious, uh, what are you guys into collecting, if uh, anything else at all? Thanks a
1: lot. Love the show.
0: Toys. Ian uh, collects vinyl. I collect bad memories. Um, what else? I get into I get into mm. vinyl. I have a small collection of synthesizers. Um, yeah, that's about it. Used to be into comics. Um, yeah. Do a
1: couple more here.
3: Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Pat from Boston again. Boston. Ian, thank you for the recommendation about avocado in an omelet. That was mm. quite good. God, I will certainly so be doing that again. <laughs> My question for both of you imagine sega were bought by another company who would that company be why would they make that purchase and what would the future hold for both sega and the company who purchased them thanks guys so we get questions
1: like this about these what ifs i i can't wrap my mind around thinking about these what ifs about who would buy sega and why and it's tough for me to envision this i mean I it's guess, hard for
0: me to do it quickly yeah but i, I feel like and i'm not saying this will happen but uh Nintendo, Nintendo and Sega have been pretty cozy. Sonic has been in Smash. He's uh, done the Olympics with Mario a couple a few times, a, right? few a, few times a few times. Go back to the Wii. Um, I, you know, I, I could see that. I could see you know some of those mascot characters from from Sega interacting with Nintendo mascots, f- all right. But I not I don't. I, I just it wouldn't be worth Nintendo's time to buy it, though. It honestly,
1: they have so much going on. It's yes. like. It wouldn't make but probably more sense for like Microsoft to buy them, or or, or it would Sony make more sense, yes, or Sony to buy them. To be honest, there you go. That's, 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 we'll like, it well.
0: we've really come up, really realized over the past few discussions involving Nintendo and their properties that Nintendo has more than enough on their plate. They
1: can't make money fast enough, right? Basically, they're yes. not in
2: trouble. Hey guys, this is Aaron from Hungry Travel by Podcast. Hi, Aaron. I have a question about the homebrew industry. Oh. Do you think it's more beneficial to have homebrew on a system that was very established in its time, like NES or Atari Twenty Six Hundred, or a system that kind of found its audience later, like Turbo or Vectrex? Thanks a lot.
1: You said beneficial. Yeah. To who though? To like, I guess,
0: to the the console's life, or. I I, I think I think it's it's. I think when you release homebrew on a system that everyone knew, like the Nintendo, or you release homebrew on something like the PC Engine, I think you're still probably appealing to roughly the same amount of people. It's only going to be people who are super into that. And I feel like homebrew in general is not something casual people really dip their toe into. I think you have to be into it enough, into video games enough that you probably have a lot of these systems. So it really just comes down to the homebrewer is making a game for whatever system they they really prefer. Um, so I, I don't know. When you, re, when you homebrew something on the PC engine, you probably are going to have a lot of rabid fans who want to pick it up if it looks good. Mm-hmm. I, I I have to think that that it's probably going to equate to similar sales for a a, a homebrew yeah. and game. There's, there's only so many people who are going to be interested There's Atari,
1: in it. there's a tons of Atari and uh, ColecoVision homebrews that come out. I can't imagine them cracking even 500 sales for the most popular one. I can't imagine it. I just sure. can't because there's not a lot of huge interest in those markets. At, huge markets there anymore. What did you drop Ian? Uh, uh it's fine. Okay. I think I got rid of my drop here. Uh, We got one one more here.
3: Hey, hey, Tommy Tallarico here, sending you a message from my portable Amico, or as the trendy kids call it, my cell phone. Heard you guys talking about how you don't like VR. So I said, hey, you know what the Amico needs? A whole bunch of VR. (laughs) doesn't work with a lot of games yet, though. This guy on the team was testing it out with Caveman Ninja, and, you know, my dog started jumping on him, and he got freaked out that it was a dinosaur, and he fell down the stairs, and I got a lot of stairs. But he did sign a waiver that said that would probably happen, so, you know, whatever. Then we tried it with the darts game, and that was a big mistake. I'm not even going to get into that. But one game does work so far, and it's just for you, Ian. Uh oh, it's Mahjong and VR. <laughs> Boom! And whether you want it or not, I'm not even taking your stupid money. Oh, actually, never mind. You can go ahead and pre-order that. Oh, okay, good. Oh yeah, Degrom sucks. Hey, wait a second, Tommy.
1: That's fighting Anything? words. Tommy. That's to, uh, that's fighting words, uh, Tommy. You can you can make up lies about meeting me and me kissing your ring or forcing me to kiss the ring or whatever the fuck or say my friends you don't fucking go after DeGrom you can say fucking I lost friends because of Miko you don't fucking t- touch the goat Jacob DeGrom pitches I think tonight or tomorrow by the way alright that's all I got that's it for the CU podcast Ian well,
2: it was a good one you had a fun time yeah
1: I have a lot of editing to do but these E3 ones are usually a little bit heavier it's a little heavier on the editing unless I get lazy and don't like cutting all the Nintendo stuff but I'll cut it in because I'm, I'm a good editor
0: Thank god. Uh, fell off of this off oh, of what off of them
1: did you break my table
0: i didn't break shit
1: what washer from what ian
0: Oh, the microphone this thing came unscrewed i guess over a period of time I'm, oh i've never touched oh, this yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah well screw it back on you I need is- that washer
0: oh okay all
1: right we're, we're done with the c we're podcast. done Ian's, 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 this fault we're falling apart here the microphone it's an expensive mic all right we'll see you later